Hello and welcome to a brand new episode of the Pick Aside Podcast. My name is Joel Moran and I'm here with Riv and Andrew Velez and this is now episode 92. In this episode, we'll talk about the 76ers fourth quarter collapse in game four. If the Jazz are in trouble, the Nets injuries, the KD Warriors versus the KD Nets, Draymond's top five under 25 list, and the recent reports about Luka's frustration about the Mavs organization. Then we'll talk about football and talk about Daniel Hunter and the Vikings working out a new deal, Le'Veon Bell calling out Andy Reid, Matt Nagy's comments on Justin Fields, and ESPN projecting the Jets being the worst team in a football next season. And the topic list that I sent you guys out does not feature that Justin Fields okay. topic. All right. That's because it was breaking news. Matt Nagy just said that he's not going to be the starter week one. At least he doesn't think so. Okay. So I was like, I'll just put the topic in there right Wait, now. Wait, you sent this? A Justin Fields topic? No, he I didn't. didn't. That's not what he just said. Okay. Yeah. I was like, yeah, it was a surprise. That's what Matt Nagy says. Yeah, he said Andy Dolan's starting. Yeah, what week the, one. It's not the worst idea. Uh, it's just like, bro. Listen, Mahomes sat. I'm just going to go into Matt and edit the flames <laughs> out of him to like a 90 overall, and then I'm going to start him. So if you guys would like to, like to, you guys can rate our um, podcast on Apple Podcasts and write a review if you would wish to. And before the podcast started, you guys were getting, you guys were getting into this debate about Anthony Davis and Giannis, and I wanted to ask you to start off the show and the audience. Game 211, who wins in a one-on-one, Anthony Davis or Giannis? Who do you guys have? Bro, <laughs> I'll probably take, like, one-on-one, it's straight, it's straight brute force. I'm going to take Giannis. Okay. Because he's just going to bully him, bully him, bully him until he gets to the point. Okay. You think you think Anthony Davis is going to allow that How, every single time? Anthony Davis is like 220, soaking wet. And he's still probably the best rim protector in the NBA. Over Giannis? It's it's Gobert or him. I mean, rim protecting, this Gobert is Gobert is better. Yeah, but that, this, exactly, I agree. This is one on one. He has My to guard point. him straight up. Okay. I mean, if he stands back, if there just, was anyone I'd want to guard him, it's Anthony Davis. You think so? High key. Is, you know, because if he stands back, this is a one on one. Okay. So he's just gonna. It's no three seconds in the key, five seconds back to the basket. Mm-hmm. This is just Giannis can just post him up. But if if own man him, okay, and then just dunk the ball. If AD didn't have the size that he did, then maybe I'd understand your point. And if AD didn't have the ability to shoot the three ball, even though this year he was kind of mediocre compared to last season. Maybe I'd feel you, but it's still Anthony Davis. He's still lock up on defense. <laughs> Man can shoot. Giannis. I mean, can Giannis guard him? Better. He can. Then AD can guard Giannis? I've seen Giannis bully AD. That's what I'm, yo, bro, he like, like people that frame cannot stay with Giannis. They're too small. AD is like, what? Maybe a little bit bulkier than KD? Maybe a little bit? Okay. So what's the score then? I would say, I would say 11. Because that, that's where... Uh, okay. 11, 8, Giannis. What do you think? I think it's around there too. I really? 11, you think eight. Giannis is beating AD? I think 11... I, yeah, because... What is... Unless Anthony Davis forces Giannis to shoot jump shots, but even then he can't because Giannis is going to just drive in. Mm-hmm. And I don't think Davis can stop Giannis in a one-on-one. I don't know. There's no help defense. There's no... But that's fine. Defense. It's not like Anthony Davis really needs help. You guys are talking about Anthony De- uh, Anthony Davis' defense. How many people like, can not that good. realistically stop Giannis from getting to the paint without help? So Kawhi, Kawhi Leonard did it, and he's not he 6'10". A wall. He's not, he, well, Kawhi Leonard did it. He's not 6'10", Kawhi, 6'11". I believe is, I'm going to... This is maybe a hot take, but Kawhi is stronger than Anthony Davis. Why are you talking so spicy on <laughs> Anthony <he> Davis? <laughs> is he not? He's stronger than Kawhi. Kawhi is strong. Kawhi is that strong, bro. You got an hour later right there, buddy. (laughs) (laughs) Kawhi Kawhi is stronger. 
Ah, that he's really is, strong, bro. Like he's bro, he's really strong. So you're bro. saying if AD wasn't six eleven, he would be working at KFC. <laughs> Wait, what? Because no, if he was six, if he wasn't six eleven, he'd probably be Andrew Wiggins. Really? You wouldn't even give him the the benefit of the doubt and call him Drew Holiday. Okay. Okay. Right? Like it's not like Anthony Davis is a scrub. He can he has pretty good handle for six ten. Giannis does not have handle. He has no bag. We saw him <laughs> against Blake Griffin. He has no bag. AD at least could, could cross him up a, a little bit. You didn't give us a score, though. I'm taking AD. It's 11 10. That game is as close as it gets. Of course you're taking, I'm so taking you're, AD. So you're saying Giannis could win that? I'm not going to say he. Okay, best of seven series. What would be the series? 4 3. AD? AD. Listen, it's really close because on a on a NBA basis of like who I'd rather in the NBA right now, I'm I probably lean Giannis right now because of health. But last season because of health, so nothing else. No, because la- off last season I'm easily taking Anthony Maybe Davis over Giannis. But we're go- and even this year against the Suns, who carried us? Because I'm not going to say as much as I love LeBron, AD was the reason we won two games. A healthy AD is better than Giannis, I believe. It's well, true. A healthy AD to you is the second best player in the world. So. That's not. No, no, that no. Funny. I did not say that. I said he. <laughs> I said coming off of last year, he proved to be the second best. I think. Player I think. In the world. Healthy, he's he could be top three. Whoa. Healthy, he could be top Ooh. three. Anthony Davis. Dude, all right, I'm not even going to get into that because that's ridiculous. It's not that ridiculous. He can do everything. He can't be better than Steph. Never in life. He would never be better than Luca. Well, we just never Luka. better than Luca. Never. What we just in Kevin Durant, LeBron James, even James Harden. Yeah, he will never be better than James. Yeah, Harden. so like okay. that was well, five. I'm off surprised the you're saying that, right? <laughs> that was five <laughs> off the rips. <laughs> Listen, I will give you KD. I will give you LeBron. Obviously, other than that, he could be better than everyone. He'd be better than Steph, bro. You got to stop. You got to stop the madness, bro. <sighs> yeah, I can't. I can't. Stop. I would I, say four one Giannis series. Four one. Every game close. That is cap. Yeah. So, how popular is this candy now or later? It's relatively popular. It's relatively I'm popular. very surprised you had no clue about it. Yeah, because just to tell people that are listening right now, before the show started, I wanted a Jolly Rancher from Riv, and he said, "Do you want it now or do you want it now or later?" No, I no, said, no, 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 no. Don't lie. Yeah, he said, "Do you want it now or later?" And I thought he said, "Do you want it now or later?" <laughs> so I kept saying "now," and then he said. Bro, you want an hour later? <laughs> I and I, and I kept saying now because I've never heard of an hour really? later candy. I haven't. I've never heard it's of it. It's like one of those candies. It's like the cheap candies. Like, you know them candies like, um, you know the strawberry candies? The candies that be in the strawberry wrappers? Yes. It's like It's those. like a cheaper airhead. Yeah, it's it's like those. Like, you don't really see them, but they're around. So one to ten, what would you give it? Uh, it was okay. It was a bad flavor. You were fiending, yeah. you were fiending for a Jolly Rancher? Why yeah. did you think I had a Jolly Rancher? Because you brought a Jolly Rancher last time. I was like... Month ago, no, it wasn't. That was last week. I did not. Oh, I did. I stole those from my cousin. Oh, come up. No, yeah. So I'm wondering if anybody in the audience has ever heard of a now or later candy. I'm no, almost uh, positive though. Audience, eighty five percent of the audience. Audience knows is that. mainly East Coast, right? The West Coast too. I seriously doubt they. You really don't think so? I'm to gamble that they didn't. It's so different in food and candy and uh-huh. stuff over there. Uh-huh. I really, I really don't think they did. So yesterday there were two games that happened: the 76ers versus the Hawks and the Jazz versus the Clippers. <laughs> he Riv is happy that the Clippers won. We're going to get into that I'm in a even, second. I'm happy that PG just played it for real. Nah, he bugged last night. We're going to get into that after this first segment. First, we're going to talk about the Hawks and 76ers. 
obviously, I don't want to take anything away from the Hawks because they played absolutely great. And I don't even think Trey Young had his best game, and he still had 25 and 18. I mean, he is a my age. I even asked on Twitter, is there a, a large separation between Trey Young and Luka? I saw people getting upset at you. I don't know if there is. I really don't know if there is. But let's not get into that question. First, let's talk about the series. The 76ers collapsed in the fourth quarter. At least in my view, they did. Joel Embiid shot 0 for 12 in the second half. Ben Simmons was benched in the last play of the game. And in the fourth quarter, he looked like an offensive liability because he wasn't making plays for anybody or himself in that fourth. So who do you think is more to blame for the 76ers collapsing in that fourth quarter? I wouldn't wouldn't necessarily say it's somebody like to blame. Like I wouldn't give the entire blame because I feel like the Philadelphia Sixers defense collapsed. And I feel like Embiid didn't show up. You know, he played horrible. But I also have to give credit to Atlanta, not giving up. Trey Young taking over in the stretch like superstars do. Kevin Herter, who people have been down him. He's been really impressive in this series, definitely showing up. That lineup of him, Trey Young, Gallinari, Capella, that's a really good lineup. And Bogdanovich. Bogdanovich is he's tough, dirty, too. He, he's bro. Been, he's been bowling. He's been good since Sacramento. Oh, dear. Yeah, I wanted him on the Knicks. He's a really underrated playmaker, Imagine too. Imagine he went to Milwaukee. Yeah, I, I would have picked them to win the championship. For, no doubt. There. No, that would have been. I'd have no been, doubt. What? But yeah, um, I think you know Philly. I think this is just like Philly just collapsed. You know, game four, Atlanta. It was a hostile environment, blowing the league. I think Trey Young just got it going, and like you said, if Embiid is not scoring, there's not much they can do. That's their primary offensive guy. That's their go-to guy in the clutch. Their guy didn't show up. Atlanta's guy did show up. So it was just a mano y mano thing. I think Philly has a lot to take from this game, and they have to improve. They were up 18 points. You know, so they can beat this team in a blowout. They can beat this team in a close game. I think they just they just choked. That's the word I can really describe it. Well, as easy as it is to blame him when he's amazing, that obviously he's the main reason why they're winning games. When he has a game like this, it's easy to put the blame on him. You put you you go and you, you're four of 20 from the field, one of four from three. He had 21 rebounds, which I didn't realize until I looked at the box score. That's crazy. Only four assists. 17 points, no blocks, no steals. So he, he was basically a relic. Yeah, no. He I, he started the second half 0, 0 for 10. I think he did score in the second half because I remember late in the fourth, he scored a... Oh, yeah, yeah. That, yeah, that, no, some, yeah, something in the paint. But regardless of that, they were dominating the first half. Embiid really didn't have to do much. I remember he went to the locker room because there was... I saw Elton Brand freaking out, like running back and forth. They had some reports saying that Joel Embiid was hurt, but he ended up coming back. Maybe he isn't fine because obviously this is the worst game he's probably had all season long. Um, but if Joel Embiid hits two or three of the, these shots, that's the game right there. It, it was, they lost by three. That's four, six points right there. Uh, who knows the the momentum of things if if he were to have hit a few of those shots. But uh, I'm going to put this one on Joel Embiid, and I'm also going to put this one on Trey Young because first half, Trey Young looked like trash. He he was airballing wide open threes. He, he was turning the ball over. He really didn't look himself. Obviously, you could see that something was going on with his shoulder. But that second half, he came and he took the game over. He was feeding his teammates. I think he had over, 18, I think, 18, what, 18 assists, assists right? Mm-hmm. Was started hitting all a decent amount of his shots, taking the ball into the paint, finishing with with, with uh, some, some pressure in his face. Bro was amazing down the stretch. And Bogdanovich also helped, but Trey Young... That's when you can really separate greatness, where you, you start off off the gates really rough, you finish a game out strong, and you get your team the W, especially down 2-1 at home. This is a huge win. So 
I, I I'm gonna give ninety percent to Joel Embiid, but then the, yeah, that this is on Joel Embiid. Damn, <laughs> bro, bro, four for twenty. You're the best player on the nah, court. Uh, but you started off bad. by you started off by saying I don't want to give too much blame. On no, Embiid, I'm saying where you just explode. No, not even. I said where you could say that when he's amazing, obviously he's the reason that the team's winning. Yeah. When you have a game like this, obviously it's gonna be your your fault that you guys are losing. So. That's why I'm, I'm going to give a lot of blame to Joel Embiid, but I expect him to bounce back for sure. You're in Atlanta. You obviously aren't 100% health-wise. You get a day off. You come back in, in Philly, and you and you try to bounce back. You know, I, I don't disagree too much, but I think this is more on Ben Simmons and him just getting exposed in the playoffs. And Joel Embiid did shoot poorly over 12 in the second half. I think most of that was due to him not being good, his knee not feeling well, because on a lot of the shots that he took, the elevation was not there. I could see that his knee was bothering him, but he really did shoot horribly. Ben Simmons, to me, he had 11 points, 12 rebounds, and nine assists. It looks great, but he's just such a liability down the stretch. They started doing hack of Ben at one possession. He missed one of the free throws. He made the other one. But you can't have Ben Simmons out there because he's just not a threat on offense, like at all. You know, they, they've tried to kind of mask that by putting him in the dunker spot and by him roaming around the baseline, but that still doesn't help because nobody is guarding Ben. And he's not aggressive enough on offense. Even as a point guard, he doesn't really do much to run the short to get others involved. And I'm just not sure if they can win like that. And Ben Simmons is going to be the Sixers' Achilles heel in any series that they play in because there's a blueprint to his game. Much like Giannis, like you know Giannis is just going to drive in and try to ram through people to get a layup. Ben Simmons, he's not going to do that. Like Ben Simmons has what Giannis can do, but he just doesn't have the mindset or the aggressiveness to do that. And because of that, he's not a threat. He gets most of, most of his points off the fast break. And I was watching the herd today, and Colin Coward made an excellent point. A couple of years ago. He's good. Colin yeah. Coward, you're saying? He's good. Yeah, don't, definitely. He Ben Simmons a couple years ago, well, the media in general, they were talking about Ben Simmons or Embiid. Ben Simmons or Embiid. Who should the Sixers really build around? Because back then we saw this core couldn't win because their games just don't complement one another. And some people were team Ben, some people were team Embiid. But now we obviously know there's no separate. There's a big separation. Mm. Everybody knows it's Embiid, but Ben Simmons' value as a player has diminished tremendously. Two years ago, maybe even last year, you could have maybe put together a package to trade Ben for Dame. And now, if we're going into this offseason, would Portland accept a Ben for Dame package? I'm really not sure. I think, well, first of all, Colin Curry is also one of the people that had Ben Simmons as the fifth best player in the NBA. I remember. He said he was the next LeBron. Oh, yeah. I remember he had a jump shot. He's the next LeBron. All right. If he had a jump shot, he's the next LeBron. People say that, but like Joel said, his mentality, he doesn't have the mentality to score the basketball. Mm -hmm. He has the Giannis ability. He can literally just go to the basket. He's strong enough to get to the basket, finish it. He has he can finish at the basket. He's a great finisher. He has the ability to post up, get guys that are smaller than him, get in the paint. He just doesn't have the mentality to score. And even putting him in the dunker spot, if Embiid, it, I don't even think it's a Ben thing. I think if Embiid was like a joker, like a playmaker, it would work. He can play that Aaron Gordon role, kind of just roam around, get cuts. But I don't think the offense is predicated like that. And, I, and like I said, Ben Simmons' mentality isn't to score. I think his value has diminished 
and it's hard to get a package from right now. I think you could probably get another all-star for him, maybe, depending on the quality of the all-star. But another thing, I think, like, the play calling down the stretch was kind of terrible, too. It was horrible. Yep. I mean, Shake had an open three. He should have shot that. Yeah. I'm going to get to that in a minute. But Seth Curry... He should have had more looks. No doubt. He should have had more plays. He was killing he had in 17. the first half. He, he was, was going bananas. And I think Seth Curry is the most underrated player in the NBA. He might be. I mean, he gets. He's a bucket getter. He's it's, not Steph. He's not his brother. Yep. But, he's but a Curry. Seth Curry, once he gets hot, it's hard for you to stop him. He's really that type of player. Tobias Harris was playing really well as well. And Shake Milton, like you said, he had an open three and didn't take he didn't even look a at the wide rim. open three. And Devin Alab tweeted that he thought Shake Milton was scared. It looked like it because okay. I was over there. I was watching the game and I said, "Bro, stop waiting for the play to to develop." Yeah. They were like triple teaming yes, Seth. Like, he it was wasn't like, going to get open. Yeah. Like, it was ridiculous. I thought Shake was going to just pull up because he has that confidence. In I would have. I would have. I just shot it. I would have thought if he shot that, I think it could have went in. It's, that's a good shot. Yeah. He was wide mm -hmm. open. He wasn't Milton even looking at the rim. He was just like looking for Seth, looking for Seth. And I was like, "That's a that's a thing you got to let your players know." Like, I don't know if Doc told him if he was open, shoot that. But that's just an instinct thing. You got to be ready to shoot that at all times. I think what's made it worse is that Ben Simmons, who was in the Rookie of the Year race with Donovan Mitchell and Jason Tatum, was better than them. Mitchell and Tatum have continued to improve year after year. We see Mitchell right now, two games away, two wins away from going to the Western Conference Finals. Do I think the Jazz will do it? I do not. The Clippers oh. are just in a groove right now. You look at Jason Tatum, already <laughs> two Eastern Conference Finals appearances. Yep. They have been getting better every single year. Mitchell averaged 26 this past year. Uh, you could Tatum's debate that they've, they've been getting a little worse. Tatum maybe as a player has gotten better. As a team, Celtics have gotten worse. I know, but okay. Tatum, got you. Tatum, Tatum, yeah, okay. Tatum and Don Mitchell have gotten better. Yep. Ben Simmons, since his rookie year, you can't really make an argument that he's gotten better every year. He's regressed every single year in what his stats show. It. I would say, uh, well, Ben Simmons got yeah. drafted in 2017. Even. No, no, Ben Simmons got drafted in 2016, like first say, overall pick. You could say his offense has regressed. I, I would agree with that. To say that his his entire play has regressed, I don't know if that's what you're you're going for, but he just was first team all defense. I got it. It's 2016. He got 2016 drafted. that he got drafted. This year is the lowest amount of assists Ben Simmons has ever averaged. Okay. Lowest amount of rebounds Simmons has ever averaged. Second lowest steals. Lowest in one, blocks, so tied lowest in blocks, and points lowest of his career. So he averaged one. I'm pretty because I just looked. 1.7 steals, almost two per <laughs> game, averaging eight eight rebounds a game, averaging what seven eight eight assists a game. I don't mean to cut you off real quick, but Go ahead, bro. Just to piggyback of what Joel said, his class, Brandon Ingram has improved. Jalen Brown has improved. Are Jamal you Murray. Are you taking any of those guys over Ben Simmons? I would take yes. Jalen Brown. I would take Jamal Jaylen Murray Brown. over I take Jamal Murray over I can't agree with that, Even man. Even Sabonis has improved. Sabonis, yes, he has improved too. Look at this class. Oh, this class. Ja Harris LeVert, Malik Beasley. Like, these guys He's, improved. Who's the like, other guy? Not Jalen Brown. Who's Brandon Ingram. Brand, you're, who I wouldn't you say? take Brandon Ingram over Ben Simmons. But Ben Simmons' class is what? 2016. 2016 That's his real class. class. Okay. That's his real class. Not the left back class. I this feel like I, I, pro I, yeah, probably would, I probably would take Jalen Brown over, over Ben Simmons. You're, I would take you're probably Jaylen. right about that because not only can Jalen Brown play unbelievable Pascal defense. Pascal Siakam is I'm, in that class I'm too. Okay, I'm still taking Ben. I don't know. That's Bro, close. Pascal literally only ben has one move. What does Ben have? A no move. But he, he does no more. Bag. He does plenty of other things on the court than just The John Murray's in this class. Malcolm too. Brogdon is in this okay, class. Okay, you guys are really trying to disrespect Ben right now. Like his team wasn't number one in the no, East. No, I'm just saying that all these players, since they've gotten drafted, 
have gotten better. Brogdon is now averaging twenty and eight mm-hmm. with the with the uh, Pacers on an irrelevant you have, team. You have Siakam, who developed into an All Star, was the second best player. Or Let's third. not forget Brogdon was at an ECF. Don't, how, don't how forget long that. Ago? With Milwaukee, yeah, that was correct. Also, okay. Siakam was the second or third best player, whichever way you slice it, on a championship. I'll give him the team. number. He was number two. He was number two. It's a ring. Yeah, but he didn't. Ha- he wasn't the number one option. What happened once Pascal had to be the number one option? Right. They w- didn't even make the playoffs. Ben Simmons has never been the number one option. They made the playoffs. They, made the, they, they were number two, correct, but this year they were trash. But Ben Simmons has never been a number one option. Let me. Ask I'm you not a question. saying that he is. His real his because that's not his game. Drew, let me ask you a question. His left back class, right, 2017. I'm gonna name you five players. Ask me, would you take any of these five players? All right, let's hear it. Tatum, obviously. Mm-hmm. Darian Fox. I would take Ben. Laurie Markinen. I'm taking Ben. This one's gonna be a. Tr- oh, yeah, Bam. I don't know why you named Markinen. No, I was just naming. Was... I'm just naming. Okay. I feel you. Bam Adebayo. I'm taking Ben. Okay, Donovan Mitchell. I, I'm I'm gonna take Spider. Now this is a tricky one. Would you take Jonathan Isaac over Ben Simmons? If, do have you watched Jonathan Isaac play? I'm, I'm, listen, I'm not gonna. Embarrass myself and say okay. it, that I have because okay. I haven't. Truthfully, okay. he's nice. Jonathan Isaac's would nice. John- he's, I, would I, wouldn't, take, I wouldn't take Jonathan Isaac. He's an elite me, defender. Though. Yeah, he's, he he's, plays for the he plays for the Magic. I'm yeah, like, okay, I yeah. thought so. Um, but he has no offensive game. He doesn't. But boy, that boy lock up. So you're gonna can can he defend anywhere near? Jonathan can defend one to five. And Ben can't. He can defend like Ben Simmons. Isaac can. So then his it. so Ben's passing's better. His handles better. Yeah. His he's taller than than he is. Uh, he's probably faster than he is. No, uh, Jonathan's seven feet. Well, six okay. eleven. Well, big. Okay, well, you're inches. Ben six ten. His wingspan is like. And Ben's ridiculously fast. Arguably the fastest player in the NBA. What the? Arguably, he really might be. Downhill, you just yeah. Street, downhill. Down. Oh, okay. And who's stopping him really? Giannis. That was. That's it. I agree. Giannis. AD. I don't know. He's not that. He's not. Well, yeah. As fast because Giannis is fast. His strides are ridiculous. Ben is just, he's such a, ah, like, his mentality sucks. I feel, his offensive mentality is questionable, but he doesn't need to score. That's not his game. But in the playoffs, you do. Not necessarily. Not when you have For to them buy- to unleash. I'm going to give a not- hot take. I'm going to give a hot take. Oh, Let me God. finish this thought real quick. Okay, you go. Tobias is this probably the number two option on that squad you offensively. That? I mean, he's been averaging 22, 22, 20 these last three games. You Especially when Embiid's dropping 30 a game. Of course I trust that. Yeah. And then you got Seth Curry, who's been getting buckets. Danny Green's injury hurts because he's a shooter. You need the shooters around Ben. That's why prior to this year, Shake just, just froze up in the moment. He's Maxi has been solid. You got two guys that they play that can't score: Matisse Thybulle and Ben Simmons. They're best defenders, and when they're both in the court, that is like five points in the backcourt. But like I said, when Ben Ben and, and that Di- also puts a lot of the load on Embiid. That's why he gets hurt a lot because you have to put a lot of the scoring t- load on. Tobias needs to take more shots too. I mean, last he's an game, consistent guy. Not he really. He shot over fifty percent every single awesome game this year. Playoffs. No, he has been. He's awesome. been, awesome. he's been awesome. amazing. His, his life has been okay. Let, let's give a little trivia here. Trivia because Ben Simmons was drafted <laughs> in twenty sixteen. But he was in the Rookie of the Year race in 2017 because he sat out the entire 2016 back. year. Like Blake Griffin. Mm-hmm. It's hard to compare mm-hmm. him to his original class. So and let's, he did it too, right? Yeah, he did. So let's compare him to both classes and tell me if you would take Ben Simmons over these players I'm about to name. Okay. Let's talk about the 2016 NBA draft class first. Would you trade? Would, would you take Ben Simmons over Brandon Ingram? Yes. Jamal Murray? No. Yes. Jalen Brown. No. No. Malcolm Brogdon? Yes. Yes. Pascal Siakam. Definitely. 50-50. DeMontes, DeMontes Sabonis. Yes. Yes. And that's it for that class because I'm not going to just go yeah, through we're all the That's we good. Now 2017. Donovan Mitchell. No. No. Jason Tatum. Hell no. De'Aaron Fox. Yes. Mm. Yes. 
John Collins. Yes. Yes. Bam Adebayo. No. Yes. This is a tough. Love him, bro. I love you him. Love him. This, yeah. this is a tricky run right here. I have two for you. Dylan Brooks. Yes. OG Anu, Anu, OG Ananobi. Ananobi. No. That's close. No. Oh my God. No, I, was, no. I might take, stop treating I might like take, he's not elite? I, I think I would take OG Ananobi over Ben Simmons. So is OG Ananobi yeah. the word elite? I don't think Ben, ben is Simmons either. is not elite. Why is he not elite? He's, not elite. he's an elite defender. Does, does he do anything? So OG. Does OG Ananobi do anything elite? Shoot. The, the, he's, a, well, he's, he's, a, he's not a, an elite shooter, he's but he's a great he's defender. A, he's one, a great he, defender. He shoot, OG shoots 40% from the three and is a great defender. No, like one through four type. And how many defender. attempts per game is he getting? More than Ben. Probably. I mean, <laughs> I, I probably get more attempts <laughs> more than, than ben. ben. So OG this past year averaged 16 points per game. That's solid. Shot 40% from three on six attempts. And Ben averaged 16 points a game this year. The, uh, I'm capping. That was a, that's his career 14. average. He did go down. You're right. He sucks. You're right. Here you go. You're getting disrespectful. <laughs> I'm just saying that You're there right. are a he lot did, of players. Down in points there year. are a lot of players that you would take over Ben Simmons, and he was the number one overall pick. He ha- every every player that I just named you has gotten better since they were drafted. Mm. Ben Simmons, lowest career assist per game. You could probably name more. Assists, lowest career in points this season. Ben Simmons has not gotten better offensively since since getting drafted. And defense can only take you so far. Yeah, I would, you need offense. I would say Ben Simmons has been the same in the things we knew he was elite at, you know, or great at. You know, playmaking, defense. He's a good rebounder. Literally, he's ev- versatile. Everything, but the but scoring sorry. has declined every year, and that's not good when you're a max guy and you're making all NBA teams and all defensive teams and all star games. You have to be effective. You can't be, a, in my opinion, how are you an all NBA player and you are a liability in the fourth quarter, the most important quarter. Of the game in the playoffs. Well, would you trust Rudy Gobert with the ball offensively down the stretch of a game? Of course not. That's you, similar to Ben Simmons. Ben Simmons is, he's You're a point comparing guard. a center to a point. My guard. point is, obviously, both of them are neither well, of them are shooters. Neither of them are shooters. We know this. But, so why they are just in the but game? I'm, I'm not asking him to shoot. I'm mm-hmm. asking him if he's. There's been moments in in this Hawks series where he's had a guard on him that's not stronger and that's nowhere near his strength. Mm-hmm. He's told it, and he won't even post up or yep. show an ability yep. to score. He'll just stand there and let Embiid get double team, triple team. Mm-hmm. Like it's it's come on, Embiid is getting triple mm-hmm. teamed. Like they're mm-hmm. running three people at him. Why? Because Ben Simmons is on the floor, or Ben Simmons and Matisse Thybul, who's young, but we know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. On offense, I'm with you. I'm yeah, with so you. It's like, he's not a good offensive player. Yeah, so second it's like team those defense two, though. Yeah, they're he's great defenders, but it's like offensively, Embiid needs help. Yep. And Tobias is, ah, has to... been good. He's been really, really good. But how much can you rely on him being your second I mean, option? You gave him 180 million. Yeah, which they should have gave it to Jimmy, but easy. It chose Agreed. Brett Brown over Agreed. Jimmy. Agreed. Weird, but you know, Tobias has been better than Ben Simmons this year. I'm 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 with you offensively, okay. offensively. Uh, uh, yes, offensively, <laughs> offensively, That's offensively. What are we talking about? So but offensively. defense can only it, take you so far. It's really just scoring. That's a other, lot. Other than scoring, Tobias does nothing better. But this than is an ben. offensive game now. I'm I'm with you. I'm with you, especially going. Why against is AD Atlanta. so valuable? Because he can do. Why yes, is Kawhi so you. valuable? I'm with you. Why is Giannis so valuable? They're defenders, they're, but, but they honest, can score. They can put the they can put up 20, 25 points a night, and also give you that. Giannis is fair because even though he can't shoot that well, he still manages to put up thirty well, yeah, a game. Somehow. Ben Simmons should be putting up fifteen to twenty points. First of all, wait a minute. He should be putting up twenty. Yeah, like definitely. Even let's be. Does Ben and let me use a player. Is is Ben Simmons' bag? Is Jimmy Butler's bag that much better than Ben Simmons? I think it is, yes. No, in terms of like ball handling, like him getting to the basket or... I'm going to take Ben. I'm taking Ben. Ball As a handling. ball handler? 
Stay there with Jimmy that. Jimmy Butler is a better ball handler than Ben. Stay with that. So you're taking Ben, right? Why can't Ben get 20 points a game and Jimmy can't? Jimmy can't shoot from the three-point line. He's completely digressed as a three-point shooter. All, he still shoots he, the He's one of the best, he finish, but he's one of the best finishers in the league. Most of his, his refuses, points are to the basket. He refuses to do anything beyond the paint. I, it makes no sense. He refuses. So as a defender, all you need to know is, okay, as long as I stop him before he gets to the paint, I have a chance at, at either making him take a, a dumb shot or forcing him to pass the ball. He stops himself. I, I'm with you. But that's what happens. Jimmy at least could shoot the mid-range, and you have to respect that. He Ben refuses to shoot the ball, and that's what is it. Ben in year five? Year four. Year, year five. Year four. Year yeah. five, but one year was development. But so he, he had a year of years development. Of in st- okay. Right. What are you talking? 2016 was development, you're saying? Yes. He didn't play the entire year, but, but he, he was, was in the league. He uh-huh. was with NBA yeah. trainers. Uh-huh. <laughs> he was in that NBA well, he left, lifestyle. Left back. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> so on to the next segment, we're going to talk about the Utah Jazz. And this is simple. Are the Utah Jazz in trouble? They were up 2-0 on the Clippers. The Clippers lost game one by three points. They lost game two by six. But then in game three and game four, the Clippers dominated. They, they, they have been winning on an average margin of 20 points in game three and game four. They have been taking total control of this series. Now it feels like all the momentum is on the Clippers' side. Do you have any faith in the Jazz winning this series, knowing that Mike Conley is still dealing with his hamstring injury? We're not sure what's going to happen with that. I mean, what do, how do you guys feel about this series? And what, do you, what did you guys see is the reason why – the Clippers are dominating the Jazz now. Well, well, first of all, I I 100% agree. I think Utah is still in this series because they have home court advantage. I think Utah is one of the toughest places to play. And, you know, being the fact that they are going at home, the crowd is going to be behind them. They're still one of the best three-point shooting teams in the league. They're still one of the best defensive teams in the league. They're going to be in this series. It's not like they're down 3-2 or anything. It's 2-2. They're going back home. They haven't lost at home. So, it's gonna be. It's definitely gonna be a tricky situation. But what I've seen, what I've seen in LA, I just seen a different approach to the game. You know, game three, we saw Paul George finally waking up, and that's what they needed. We saw the role players finally kicking up, and that's what they needed. The defense was a little more intense. And then game four, I seen the best defensive. I've seen the team we thought was gonna be the best defensive team in the league finally put a stamp on it and put put their foots down their neck. And I think they. Came in first quarter was like thirty to thirteen. They punched Utah yep. in the mouth and they never let up. Paul George again played phenomenal. Played like the second star he is to Kawhi. Played like that tier that number two that he should be playing. Like both of them had thirty points back to back games. Marcus Morris finally showed up. He had that game in game four. Reggie Jackson has been a consistent score for them. He's been huge for them. And it's that small ball lineup. You know that small ball lineup getting all those steals, getting those blocks being disruptive in the defense, playing that zone. It's something that's been working for the Clippers. I think playing Zubak less, they've realized he's just, in series like this, he can't be useful. They've limited Rudy Gobert on the offensive glass, on the defensive glass. Also, Donovan Mitchell, they're letting him have their way because, you know, he's just going to do that. But they're limiting the other guys and forcing (laughs) them to beat them. And I think that's the same routine they went with Dallas, forcing the other guys to beat them, and it worked for them in L.A. But I still think Utah can definitely get this win because – they have Donovan Mitchell. He's been impressive. They always play good at home. And we've seen the Clippers blow a lead like they did in game one, a 16-point lead, lose that. And then in game two, frizzled down in the fourth quarter, and they lost that. So I think the series isn't over, but, you know, I still stand my my pick. The Clippers are going to the NBA championship. Right, I would say trouble's probably strong. I wouldn't say the Jazz are in trouble. 
but I will say the Clippers are surprising me these last few games. Uh, like he mentioned already, he basically went over it all. Paul George has been unbelievable since coming back to L.A. He's playing like the true number two that he was looking like the number one back in, in Indiana. He looks like the, the Paul George of old recently. But it's not a clutch game yet. I would say yesterday was more clutch because obviously they're down 2-1. I'll give him his credit for yesterday for sure, but we're going to see what happens these next few uh, next three games because I, I personally believe that this series is going to go seven. I think that we've seen home court play such a role in, in this series as opposed to last series where there was no home court advantage at all uh, other than, I guess, uh, game seven, right? Because uh, LA finally won at home. Uh, but I do believe that Utah probably wins this game five. Uh even though they're they're definitely going to miss Conley, hopefully he can make his return uh, sometime this series. I just feel like they need him out on the court to to space the floor a little bit more to have another shooter that they really have to worry about other than Donovan Mitchell. Joe Ingles had a solid game yesterday. He only missed two shots yesterday, uh, but you need to see Brogdon. Brogdon again, he had a solid game too. But Gobert only having eight rebounds. It, uh, I'm sorry, I said Brogdon. I meant Bogdanovich. Oh, yeah. <laughs> my bad. My bad. Honest mistake. Uh, but uh, he, he did have a decent game. Uh, Ingles had 19. Uh, Bogdanovich had 18. Uh, but you see Gobert, only four attempts at, at, at shooting the ball, only six defensive rebounds, eight rebounds total. It's like you need to see Gobert make himself more of a force down low for, the, for them to really have a chance here. And then you need, you need Mike Conley out there uh, to really have that, that single coverage on the shooters where you can actually have Ingles get his shot. You can have Bogdanovich get his shot over whoever. It seems like Bogdanovich could shoot over anyone right now. That man is pretty lethal from three. Uh, but I feel like home court advantage is definitely uh, going to be the factor here. I feel like game five is going to go to the Jazz. Game six is going to go to the Clippers. But game seven, I don't see how the Clippers can beat Utah at home in a game seven. I feel like everything has gone right for Utah up until this point. Uh, and it would be pretty bizarre, personally, to to see them lose in a Game 7 that way, especially to a team that I personally think they're better. Uh, one thing I will say is they're getting out-coached right now. Uh, I think Ty Lue has made really good adjustments on on the uh, defensive side of the ball. Uh, you realize Donovan Mitchell is going to be Donovan Mitchell, uh, and you try to let him kill you, but you, you try to take everyone else out the game. And I like that approach. They're definitely going smaller. Uh, but that's where they need to 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 have Gobert be the guy that that uh, Gobert's supposed to be. And I know Gobert doesn't have much to 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 offer offensively, but maybe they start to to feed him the ball down low a little bit more. Maybe to 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 have some kind of new scheme that the Clippers need to worry about. Because right now, just feeding Donovan Mitchell isn't going to get it done. I, don't, I mean, most oh, of sorry. most of um. Most of Utah Jazz's troubles on the offense side of the ball. I have a different perspective than you guys. I think it's been because the Clippers have been limiting Donovan Mitchell. They have been double teaming him from different angles and directions. They have made it a point of emphasis that he's not going to do what he wants. We're going to take him out the game or at least try to and let everybody else beat us. And that's where Mike Conley is missed so much because Mike Conley is that secondary ball handler outside of Mitchell. There's not really one on Utah and that's the, big concern with their team. The the second closest one is Joe Ingles, yep. and he's really good, no doubt, he's but starting. they usually don't play him with Mitchell alongside most times. They usually stagger their minutes. And then Jordan Clarkson, who we know whenever he gets the ball, he's going to shoot it no matter what. He had a rough so, game yesterday. It's going to be tough, and I didn't give a prediction before this series started. I didn't give a prediction for who I thought was going to win. 
I thought it would be a seven-game series, and I'm still leaning towards that way. But would I be surprised if the Clippers win the next two and, and win these four straight games? I wouldn't. Because I think the Clippers have figured out how to beat the Jazz without Mike Conley. They're going, they're sta- they're going with their game plan that they set, and they're finally playing small ball the majority of the game. And before the series, that was a question mark with Rudy Gobert. Can he can he handle when the Clippers go small? Because like you mentioned, he didn't make his presence known. He's not that type of center. Yep. And to be fair, the Jazz are playing well. I mean, they're shooting 41% from three. But the Clippers are shooting 42% from three. Mitchell is averaging 37 points per game. He's doing his thing. But the Clippers have just found a way to defend the Jazz much better and offensively have found a way to expose him as well. Yeah, I think a lot of that, you know, like you said, um, them throwing a lot of different double teams at him. And I think what we're starting to see is it's it's a little different because, you know, in the Dallas series, we saw the same type, not the same exact, but the double team. Similar. And mm-hmm. we've seen Connor Lucas still be able to break it down. And I think... What we're seeing is a little a little flaw in Donovan Mitchell's game, and that's the fact that Donovan Mitchell isn't the elite playmaker that Luke is. He isn't break, he's kind of missing reads. He's missing guys on open looks when he's getting double teamed, mm-hmm. and th- that that Utah team isn't making that next pass. And you, usually they do. They're a really good passing team, and I think you know a lot of those stats. You know, because you know when Clippers came out, punched him in the mouth. Utah was shooting horrible. They got it going in the second half, but the damage was already done. They was already down. Now you, you can't know? come back from 30, 13 yeah, in the I first think, quarter. I think the Clippers have to win these next two games. I don't sure. think they'll win game seven in Utah. I think that's going to be too much of a crowd. You don't? Yeah, I, I don't think. I think because I think you Paul think George Utah, I think Paul George is going to fold in game seven in Utah if they go to game seven. I think you have to win these next. Like These are the next two. You have, you have to win game five. Home you court matters six. a lot, but I think... Game seven. I think for if this you're team, the better, it matters. If you're the better team, you will win. And I think but I don't the think Clippers the right now. Utah is the better team. I don't think so. I don't I, think the better team always shows up, though. I, I'm with I don't I, think the better I, team I, always shows up. I'm not going to agree, agree with that. Because if you're the better team, usually nine out of ten times, you win. NBA history, nine out of ten times, if you're the better team, you win. Especially in the game seven. That's better fair. teams win but, in game seven. To your point, fair. you think you truthfully believe Clippers right now as a whole are better than Utah? I just feel like Utah yes. is so much more deep than the Clippers are. Okay, let, let's get into that a little uh-huh. bit. Kawhi and PG. Of course. I know. Well, Kawhi is the best player in the series. Correct. Mitchell is Donovan? Kawhi is better than Donovan. Donovan's two. Yes. I, I'm just saying in Don, this series yeah, right now. Donovan is two. PG is three. Gobert is four. Four is Gobert. Five gets tricky. Five I would say Clarkson. Two. I would say Clarkson's I was, five. Bogdanovich? Oh, yeah, yeah. I keep oh, Bogdanovich is good, too. But the Clippers have good role players. Batum plays his role. Reggie Jackson is averaging 15 I think they're points matched. per game in their in, in this is, series. I think they're evenly matched. My thing is, matched. you have Ingles, Bogdanovich. You got Jordan Clarkson. I, did, o, O'Neal, O'Neal's not a, a, a bad shooter, I don't think. He's good. He, he's he's a good player. I but just don't, feel like that depth compared to Reggie Jackson, who's definitely kicked it up a notch. Pat Bev. Per, has been better. Batum, Morris, Zubak, Terrence Mann. I, I me me personally, I think they're even. I like the. I I just leaned a little bit more towards the Jazz, but I get I understand what you guys mean. And at the same time, if uh, maybe they can be deeper, but at the end, at the end of the day, when you're in that fourth quarter, when there's under six minutes, it's this five against this five. Right now, it's and, come to the Paul George and Kawhi being able to score the basketball. And as more long as Kawhi and PG are in that starting five with a guy like Jackson or Morris and Batum, Whew. 
that five I would take over whatever five Utah has to offer and has to can bring off can bring on the court. And I think something that's getting swept under under the rug is how great Ty Lue has been. For sure. Being down 0-2 against Dallas, making the proper adjustments on how to guard them and how to play offensively, winning no in, in seven games. Now against Utah, game one and game two were dominant performances by Utah. I honestly thought game three was a must-win game for Utah. Really? Because if they would have won that game, you would go up 3-0. Of course. You, see, you seal the series with that. But <laughs> giving this Clippers team life, now it's tied 2-2. It's going to be really hard to beat this Clippers team, this Clippers team two times. It really is. Especially after they have figured out how to play and they're playing well. They're shooting great from I three. I don't think Mike's gonna play. I was for the I was just about to ask you guys, do you think Conley makes a return? I think it's over. Let's see. I think he does, but I think it's game six or game seven. Cause that hamstring playing on a hamstring is really hard. You know, it's it's James a very, is about to do it tonight. Yeah, but James was a lot. It's, it's a little bit different than Mike. It was a it was a lesser injury than Conley. Yeah, uh, Harden's was saying ha- Mike's is a mild hamstring, mild strain. Yeah, but Harden's was uh, hamstring tightness. Okay, yeah, this was a Conley's strain, is right? a strain. Okay, yeah. so those are yeah, so, so two completely different. I'm things. not a doctor, but that sounds worse. Yep. Fair enough. Oh yeah, hundred <laughs> <laughs> percent. Yeah, so I don't think I don't think Mike's coming back, and if he does, I, I still think he's not going to be a hundred percent. I think they're gonna if he does come back, he's kind of gonna be like 60 percent, and that's when they're gonna attack him. I feel like that just might be what they need right now. Another guard to they to do take, need that, right? They that's do. What, what I hate the most though is that all these series feel like they're being decided by injuries. You look at the Nuggets, Jamal Murray's not playing. You look at the Lakers, AD's not playing. But do we really think Jamal was gonna change that series? He was. He might have, bro. Yes, that was, was a 4-0 spanking. Because like, MPJ really doesn't have all the pressure of having to be that number two. Yeah, but it's just like they beat Gordon, them four times, and they just spanked, yeah, they spanked them, them every spanked time. Them. Like, right. You look at the Nets, Harden, Kyrie, Hurt. Yeah. All around the NBA, there are injuries, and I I, I wish that Conley was healthy right now. I wish yeah, everybody was healthy, honestly. That's not how the playoffs. A healthy goes. NBA this year would have been crazy, man. I still think we're getting a really good so playoffs, even, other than the Nets, of course. Yeah, I still think no, we're going to... No, this playoffs is really good. So it's official. James Harden is playing tonight in Game Oh, five. boy. Glad to know. So this is a perfect segue into the next segment. <laughs> James Harden is playing in Game 5 tonight. The original question to this topic was, can KD win the series without Kyrie and Harden? But Harden is going to be in this series, but they just said Kyrie will not play in this series again. So he's out oh, for the series. I didn't see that. I just yeah. thought... Kyrie is, Kyrie is not going to play What's for the it's an ankle injury. Wow. I mean, his is his his look bad. Yeah, his look bad. Damn, but he went down smart because wait, he's I, out for the playoffs. Just no, the series. The series. Just the series. I still okay. As soon as we'll the ankle injury happened, you just saw him drop to the floor like a sack of because he just landed. I think it, right it, on his honestly, ankle. Honestly, it was smarter because if he had twisted his ankle and then kind of like tried to to keep his balance, he probably would have broke it. Yeah, no doubt. So yeah, so now with Harden and KD. Do the Nets still have a chance to beat the Bucks, even though Harden is coming off that hamstring injury, and hopefully he doesn't re-injure it? Yeah, like I think you know, you you tell you told me if you told me right now Harden was healthy, he's a hundred percent. I think Katie and Harden can beat the Bucks and still go win the NBA championship. I think those two guys are that good. You know, if you would just said Harden wasn't playing in Kyrie, I'd have like ah, you know, it's a tricky one. But Katie and Harden, those two are more than enough. I don't want to hear an excuse. Those two are more than enough to beat the Bucks, and definitely more than enough to get to the championship and win the championship. But the thing is, Harden, you know, he's 
He wasn't. I, I feel like if Kyrie didn't get hurt, he wouldn't have played today. I think just because of the fact that Kyrie's hurt, they're kind of in tough waters right now. Game five is back in Brooklyn. And Harden's feeling, I I, I want to guess, about 75% right now that he's like, all right, I'm good to go. You know, I know the hamstring's probably probably still going to hurt him a little bit. He's probably, you're going to see it a little bit in his in his walk and his bounce and his jump shot. But I think, you know, winning this game is, is it's a big game right now. And I know, I we we all know here, KD couldn't win that game by himself. I think we I all. think he could have won one. You don't think so? No. Yes, I do. I do. That's Kevin Durant. It is. It is. It's Kevin Durant, but he would have had to drop like 55. Not if the shooters hit their shots. Harris hasn't played well in this series yet. Mm. He hasn't played well in Milwaukee. He played well in Brooklyn. But they need a 20-point night from Joe Harris tonight. They need more than that because if you just get KD, if it was just KD, all you do is throw double teams at him and let the other guys say, beat him. If, if I'm They're not worried Milwaukee, about Mike James. KD is double-teamed every possession start to finish. You know what's the funniest thing about the NBA playoffs? Once a team wins one game or two, all of a sudden these overreactions happen. Happen. Oh, yeah. I posted a TikTok about uh, Giannis and his half court game in the playoffs, and a bunch of the comments were, "Giannis is facing a super team in the Nets. What do you expect?" <laughs> even though Harden hasn't even played a, a game in this series, and they're saying, "What do you expect?" His role players suck. Now all of a sudden the Bucks win two games in a row and. Game game three, Chris Middleton was the best player for the Bucks. Game four, he, Middleton balled out too. He was the best player on the court that night. Yeah, and In he Milwaukee, was the, he he, did his thing. He's been their closer. He is their closer. And all of a sudden, I mean, this is how it goes in the NBA. When you win, the superstar gets all the credit. When you lose, the role players are absolutely suck. abysmal. They suck. They're not good they enough. They ended up with Dallas. With uh, with Luca. When the role players was Bombing it, bombing it. Yeah, it was like fifty yeah. percent from three. Yeah, and then when they fell off, it's like yeah, his role players suck, man. Yeah, that, that's one thing I hate about NBA culture because without without the big three playing in Harden, Kyrie, and Giannis, this is not a super team. No. If it's just Kyrie and and KD or Harden and KD it's or whatever whatever variation of the duo, it's a great team. It's a great team. It's not a super team. A super team is three. All star caliber players are better, and not even that. Like three superstar yeah, I think, players. I think it's a super team would be two superstars and then one all star. He, he, are you saying that? Would you say the Lakers last year were a super team? Oh no. Okay. I think you guys were would be like KD and Harden, a great okay. team. I don't think this you guys year were a super if team. Drummond was actually all star Drummond, Decent. yes, it would be decla- good. If he was old Drummond, like the all star, you would be declared like a, a quarter super of team. himself. Yeah, but he wasn't. He's horrible. Yeah, he's bad. He played <laughs> very bad. So to answer the question. Now that Harden's playing, it kind of threw off like this whole thing that I was planning <laughs> to say. But now that Harden and KD are actually going to play, I'm very interested to see this because with Kyrie and KD, they went up 2-0 easy. Like, it was not even a, a thought for them. They, they handled Milwaukee very easy in Brooklyn those first two games. Then it goes back to Milwaukee. That game three was one of the worst games, but most entertaining, weirdly in a way, games I've ever seen in my life where they just could not hit a basket Ended up being like an 81, 80, something like that. Like low, low scoring game. Then game four comes in Milwaukee, just punches them in the mouth and they have an explosion. Uh, that's that's the Milwaukee team that I saw going into this series that I really thought that they really could give the Brooklyn Nets a run for their money. And that was with my me thinking that James Harden was going to play too. So then I watched those first two games and then I see Kyrie Irving and KD by themselves handling Milwaukee. I, I started to, to get stressed. But then now you look at it from a, a Harden and a KD perspective. Harden is going to be facilitating the ball to a, a good portion of the game because that's just how his game is. 
to me, if Harden's playing, I don't see how the Nets lose. If he, if he can stay and play the entire game, I don't see how they lose. In my opinion, I feel like that's just only as much as KD has been doing his thing this series. It's going to be even more uh, efficient this this game because now you have to worry about not only James Harden's ball movement, but his ability to drive the basketball, his ability to to, to take you out and take the step back three. KD's just going to where where Kyrie opens the floor for KD, Harden opens it even more because how much better of a facilitator he is than Kyrie. Uh, but if if Harden wasn't playing, there's no way that I could see the Nets winning tonight. I think that this series would be over in six. Uh, we'd finally be seeing KD get a taste of what LeBron had to go through. Oh, uh, it would have been poetic to see. I really would have loved to see it. And truthfully, I wish that Harden would have just waited one more game. Just one more game. You know, game. we've seen KD by himself for it. Yeah, how long ago? That was okay. See, so he lost. Yeah. That's all I'm going to say. And I'll, I'll leave it to you, Joel. <laughs> I think we're putting way too much pressure on James Harden to be the savior of the Nets when he's coming off an injury. That's, we need that's, to. that's I'm one. Just, all I'm saying is I'm not saying that he – I'm expecting this of him. I'm saying that it's James Harden. Off if, a hamstring if, if he's If he's healthy, if whoa. he could play the entire game. Whoa, 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 whoa. Are we – what are we doing here? He's playing, right? Yeah, he's playing. So he's playing. I expect him to come in and play. I, I, I don't want to hear none of that. I, I was gonna say because yeah, LeBron got crucified for, um, for for basically the exact same thing. Hamstring, ankle injury. When, when in this past LeBron's series, ankle, LeBron had an ankle injury. The whole, it's not t- as bad as a hamstring. Says who? Yeah, says, says who? Me. You're not a doctor. You just told us that. <laughs> and ankle, based on ankle, my Google searches, ankle it's connected not worse. to the foot. Without the foot, you can't walk. Talk. Wait, without your hamstring though. You can still move. Oh, you can okay. still move. Okay, okay. Ankle, your lateral movement's completely thrown off. Your leaping ability completely. I mean, um, LeBron James isn't a really. He doesn't move laterally on offense most of the time. He's just driving. That was ridiculous. That's, that's <laughs> <good>. <laughs> no, but James, look, I'm I'm no doctor, but a hamstring, I can guarantee, is having that injury is worse than having an ankle. No. <laughs> yes. All right. I'm. I'm gonna hold up. I'm gonna search it up. All right. All right. Let's get a quick search in, guys. Because both. Well, one soft tissue, but the other has to do with ligaments and the structural. Like you need your ankle is so essential to how your entire lower extremities move. All right. I can't get a. I can't get a clear. <laughs> it's all right, I can't bro. get a clear. Regardless, answer. They're both Regardless, painful. I just think that Harden. Provides more spacing to the court. Who's crucifying LeBron for losing, though? A lot of people. Have you checked Everyone, Twitter, bro? Everyone. Nah, on Twitter, I haven't really seen much LeBron. And I didn't see. I didn't see people. Say I don't LeBron pay. I don't pay rankings. Rankings. I haven't seen one good thing about. Yeah. LeBron I don't pay attention to troll accounts on Twitter. Oh, you were one of them. T- yo, you were one of them. One hundred percent. He lost. You're like, I don't ever want to hear. He doesn't have the mentality. <laughs> yeah, he's not built like that. Yeah, but I'm just joking. I'm not of serious. Course, about but that's it. what I'm saying. That's a bunch of people. I've seen one person. Say I don't think so. I think a lot of people are dead serious when about they talk it. about. I've seen one yeah. person say, "Well, LeBron has dropped in my Lakers ranking." He's like. Under Magic Kobe now because he's under James Worthy. Yeah, like <laughs> under Elgin yeah, Baylor. When it comes to Lakers, like how could you even try and put him in the the conversation with those? The greats? thing about it is that Harden is now going to be guarded by Holiday. Yeah, yep. that's going to be tough, mm-hmm. especially on a bad hamstring. That is going to be tough. Kevin Durant can't shoot nine for twenty six again but, in this game if they want to win. Harden playing automatically re- removes that double team pressure off KD. 
because my thinking of going into this game was KD was going to be double teamed almost every other possession. And they have the shooters to make them pay for it. it that That's a fact. But now that you get Harden out there, it completely removes that idea. Now the spacing is going to be a whole lot better. Now Joe Harris, there's less pressure on him to... to Does anybody know why BG didn't play the second half? Last game? BG. Blake Griffin. Blake Griffin. Ah, yeah. I was blanking. I'm yeah. Not <laughs> I was bad. like, Brayden Goodwin? <laughs> Awful. Does anybody know why he didn't play I don't this game? I really don't know. He's the best guy to guard Giannis. That Claxton best. guy can't do There's it. There's no one that could guard him on the nets. Well, Blake does the best job. He, he 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 does a decent job in the first quarter, second, third, fourth. It's barbecue chicken. Well, I mean, I mean, on, on Google, there's no articles that mention Blake being injured. So, so he I'm just guessing, didn't. Okay. Yeah, I, I'm guessing Giannis just started taking him to to school, and then Blake was like, "Ah, I'm done." Playing. Probably foul trouble, but you know, I, I think. This is still going to be a tough series. I think this series still goes to seven, and it's going to be decided by that seventh game. And with, we'll see what with happens. With Harden playing seven? Yes. Even if KD was playing alone, I thought it was going to seven. I'll take, I'll take, I'll take. I got Bucks in six, man. They yeah. smell blood. Yeah. That's like I think, but, listen, bro. Yeah, they smell blood. Blood in the water. Listen, I get it. They have to take advantage. You this, love Harden. He won't win a ring this year. I'm sorry to tell you this. Bro, but it's next, not going to happen. Next year, their chances to win the chip are, are going to be even better. No doubt about it. You got a full season to play with each other where they didn't really even play with one another because Oh, so you're counting your guy out. I'm just saying it they have they have a better chance to win next year than this year. They won't. In my opinion. Oh, because the Lakers are coming back, of course. You guys won't come out the West. And who's we? Who's we? Who's we? <laughs> Who is that? Well my Warriors are back and then you got the Clippers. You know. Oh my god, this man and the Bulls? I don't know. For the OG fans. I don't know the what Bulls? we're gonna do, bro. You guys you are said, scared of stuff. You said the bucks smell blood. Yeah. Well, that's good because they're herbivores. <laughs> you look that they're up. Not, <laughs> they're not omnivores. They don't. They, they don't. They don't eat meat. So right. the, the bucks. The bucks smell blood, man. Like they, they probably walking in like we don't care if Harden plays. We're locked. Chris Middleton is back. That, Giannis, that Giannis for, is on one. Drew, he's he's diamond. He looks at Mike James's food. That being said, Drew Holiday, where I thought he was having a good a good game last game, he only had 14 points last game. Because he makes an impact in other ways. I yeah. feel you, but I feel like I mean, he, he takes trade. he sees Mike James. It's food. How many how many first round picks did they give up for Drew Holiday? Like three. five? Was it three? Three. I thought it was like five. They gave up a lot. Egregious. I think it was swaps. But for him to only have 14 points, I know he can score the basketball. I saw him do it. He in, had like in 13 assists though. Let me see that. I'm not mistaken. He did have 13. If he had 13 assists, then I'll apologize to him. But 14. Drew Holiday has never been that type of score. Yeah. He's around but 14 on, on to the 18. Pelicans, a game. He was, he I'll was, say like 16, 19. This is five. You know, 16, 19, seven assists. Four he averaged 17.7 this season. Yeah. Career 16. Okay. He made an all star game. That was Philly days. Yeah, in Philly. They traded him. For Nervous Noel. <laughs> <laughs> so you have the. Nets and I have the I have you, you have to stay with the Nets. I have the Nets yeah, in seven still. So he did average twenty one point two in New Orleans. That's what I was thinking. But regardless, I mean, fourteen points. I get that his defense is probably top top five of guards in the league. Probably remember, better than remember that too. when uh, David Griffin said Holiday can be the best player in the NBA? Yeah, I don't know what he was on. <laughs> no, but this is the thing though. I want to say this as well. I think the refs have been garbage in this series. Let me guess. Because PJ Tucker is roughing it up on Katie. Well, that's one of the reasons. But just look at the that's entire they, series. Just look at the free throw numbers from the Nets compared to the Bucks. 
I think the consistency isn't there. I, I love I love how PJ Tucker is playing. Too. I love the aggression. I mean, I've told you who PJ Tucker was. I mean, that's you refuse to believe it. He's bald and whack. Hey, I didn't. With, I didn't. PJ no, Tucker's not bald and they, whack. That's how they used to guard MJ for you LeBron fans, just like that. PJ Tucker would lock up Michael 30. Jordan. What? <laughs> he would lock him up. Anyways, give Tucker oh hand God. checking. What? You give Tucker hand checking. Bro, MJ's gonna fly over. It's him. not even a Fry debate. Him. He's gonna fly over. It's not him. even a debate. Okay, he might drop thirty five. 35. He made Durant go nine for twenty six. You think that's because Durant take all jump shots? Jordan cannot get past Tucker. What he's a stone wall. Jordan's a speed. All right, anyways, Jordan he's with the chain strong, is averaging at, forty. He's as strong as a north wall. <laughs> Yo, what? Bro's been watching so much Game of Thrones. <laughs> oh, he, he 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 posted another day. He was like, "I saw the red wedding." Yeah, I, I peeped that. <laughs> Crazy. So you, oh man, God damn the phrase. <laughs> No way, bro. Now I got the Bucks, man. I got the Bucks in six, man. I think they take it. I think I, they end it. I think the Bucks got it too. I'm still I sticking hope, with the Nets. I really, I, I really hope the Nets lose. I nah, can't lie. If the Nets lose tonight, it's lit. We geek. We geek. We and then we go to Milwaukee. We have a party. I have a celebration. Harden doesn't get a Yo, ring. It's geek. lit. Well, I'm not. I'm not out on Harden. No, I'm out. I'm out on KD. Anything KD does, I don't care. I, yeah, I'm Harden all against can't. KD. What's wrong with Harden? I hate him. Why do you hate him? Because he's he Steph thinks Curry's. he's better than Steph. That's literally why the only reason I hate him. He is. Look, it, see? What, I have a question for you. This is completely off topic. I apologize. It's not, though, because it's if, about Harden. If Harden was on the Warriors instead of he's Curry, going to say yes. what happens? They probably win four straight instead of three. So they don't lose. But in, they, they didn't three-peat, actually. No, so they, they, don't lose so yeah. in, they don't lose in 2016. Nope. They don't lose in 2019. No, they win four straight. Really? Harden has really? four championships. Even he has though, three MVPs. Even though Harden in the playoffs has been known to choke it up. Statistically, Curry is the is the player that drops off the most in from the, the regular season to the playoffs. To the finals. To the playoffs. Whoa, whoa. No, in, the in the finals. His the finals. first watch, round, second round, third watch, round would be crazy. I was going to say, the Western Conference watch, finals, I've seen Curry do some crazy things. Watch Thinking Basketball's video on this. Which year are you talking about, though? Are you getting specific? No, he is Because against that Rockets team, that... 2015, he averaged 30. This is in totality. Oh, okay. But statistically, Curry is the superstar that drops off the worst from the regular season to the playoffs. Harden is second, oh. which is not you know far off. <laughs> but Curry, so Curry is two, first. So we have the two guys who dropped the most. Okay. But Curry is the first. He's oh, worst. Okay, so you're, the, second, the, you're the first loser. He just loser. has to make sure. Talking about Kevin Durant, this has been on Twitter for a while. It's been trending a couple days ago. It trended. And that's they were talking about Kevin Durant's big four in Golden State and in the Nets. So in Golden State, it was Curry, Clay, Durant, and Draymond with the Nets. It's Kyrie, Harden, Durant, and Blake. You can count them as a over big Joe, four. Over Big yeah. Joe? Over Big Joe, big I three guess. And a half. I think they're doing the Warriors a disservice. It's called the Hampton Five. Kevon the death lineup. No, with Iggy. No, don't ever Sorry, say Kevon Looney. So, and I was having this debate with my cousin the other day because he thinks that this Nets team is better than that Warriors squad. And I just want to get your opinion on it. Which KD Big Four is better or just team is better? The Warriors or the Nets? I got this, bro, because there's going to be some bias in your heart, even though there might be some bias in my heart also. <laughs> Talent-wise, I lean the Nets. What the? F- Talent-wise, and this is no disrespect to Curry because Curry's obviously the second best player out of everyone else other than KD, obviously. That being said, Harden's right, right behind him. And then Kyrie, in my opinion, is better than Klay Thompson. Draymond, 
Draymond and Blake, obviously, it's Draymond. What? It's not oh, okay. close. <laughs> okay. It's Draymond, but it's it's not like Blake has been completely irrelevant this po- this postseason or while he's played with the Nets. But he's still not close to Draymond in my I'm with eyes. you. I'm with you. I just think that Harden and Kyrie, because <clears throat> there's been moments in the past, not of recent, because of recent, Curry's definitely better than Kyrie. However, there's been moments in the past where some could debate that Kyrie played better than than Steph Curry. Whether I'm one of those people or not, I won't say. That being said, there's been moments where, where Kyrie has outperformed, outperformed Curry. And as a whole, right now, talent-wise, I feel like it's not so far-fetched to say the Nets. But as a team, it's not close. You go with the Warriors. They they had they were probably the most dominant team we've seen since the 96 to 98 Bulls. Probably the greatest team ever assembled. They, were, they managed to stay healthy for two full seasons, and they played nine total finals games. It was a walk in the park for them. As soon as they got to the finals, they handled my guys. No question that that first, that first year, 2017, where you thought that it would be somewhat of a series. It wasn't went down three Oh, ended up winning game four, I guess. Cause you got, you got to win one, especially when you got Kyrie and LeBron. Then the, the year after LeBron almost steals one in Oracle ends up, uh, falling the other way. Unfortunately, J.R. Smith forgot how much time it was. So they ended up losing that one. But regardless of that, there was no stopping the Warriors when they had KD, uh, Clay, Steph, and Draymond all on the court at the same time. Especially when you have three of the best shooters in the NBA. You, you could have argued that it was one, two, and three on the same squad for two years, three years in a row. It, they probably would have won three in a row, obviously, if one of the two didn't get hurt. Yeah, of course. I, I feel agree. like if Clay if Clay even stays healthy that year, that they probably could have won the championship against Toronto. The thing about the Warriors is their parts fit better than the Nets' parts. Correct. Harden makes it all work in Brooklyn because he is that guy. But when you talk about the Golden State's big four, Durant cancels out Durant. Curry cancels out Harden. What you're really arguing is Kyrie versus Clay and Draymond versus versus Blake. Draymond is light years better than Blake right now. Correct. Now, even when Blake was an all-star, I would have still taken Draymond over him. Really? Yes, because his playmaking prowess and his defensive prowess is just too immense. He doesn't get his just due quite enough. But then you look at Clay versus Kyrie. Kyrie individually is better, no doubt. But when we talk about Clay, he can fit on so much more teams than Kyrie. I think every, every team in the NBA he yeah, can play on. He can fit so much better. Not only can he shoot lights out from the three, he's probably the second best shooter to ever live. He's a lockdown perimeter defender. Yep. That's something that Kyrie won't be. <laughs> and this Golden State team, people forget, this was a top five defense in the NBA, along with the best offense. This Nets team is the best offense, one of the worst defenses. That's why, for me, I think the big four in Golden State was better because all their parts fit nicely. And they still had Iggy off the bench or starting sometimes Kevon Looney. Sean Livingston, Sean Livingston was good. One of, one of the most underrated players in NBA history. So do you think talent-wise it's it's close? Or are you saying even still talent-wise you're leaning Golden State? Even talent-wise I'd lean Golden State because I understand Brooklyn has pieces like Joe Harris. He's good, no doubt about it. But if I'm carving, uh, if I'm if I'm making a championship team, would I rather want Joe Harris when I already have three offensive superstars or Iggy? Easily, I think Iggy. I would get Iggy. Iggy because of that championship mentality and being such defense. a great defender. Yeah. Yep. And then you look at other guys like Bruce Brown, 
Nick Claxton. I mean, they're good. They have looked better with the Nets. Jeff Green. But Jeff Green also. But are, are those guys that are going to move the needle much? I don't think so. Is Nick Claxton, Kayvon Looney? They're about on the same level. I think, yeah, we're forgetting JaVale McGee, Kevon. Like, these are guys, like, the, with those Warriors teams, we saw a lot of the experience yeah, on the bench. For real. We saw Steph, Clay, and Katie, you know, a different system, a different energy. They were blowing teams out. And plus, we only got to see eight games from the big three, aside from the playoffs. Of course, we saw them dominate Boston, but Boston wasn't fully healthy. But, like, I just feel like this Warriors team, bro, I'm looking at this Warriors team, 2016-2017. They lost one game in the playoffs. How many Hall of Famers are on that squad? This one? Yeah. Four. You you wouldn't say Iggy's Hall of Famer? He could get in. He could. They? Based off, you ask me, uh-huh. four. What the NBA has? Probably five. Probably five. But they 2016, 2017, they swept the Blazers, swept the Jazz, swept the Spurs, and then beat your guys in five. five. They lost a game. Yeah, it's insane. 16, the only other team no, that did that was L.A. Cavs actually. Kobe and Shaq. Cavs did that. They went swept, swept, swept. Oh, yeah, yeah, and then swept, they lost. And then we got smoked. Yeah, like, up. I think the only team that's done that 16-1 and one record, the last team, I think it was Kobe and the Lakers. Kobe and Shaq, yep. they did that, dominated, yep. and then lost to AI. You know, that's a pretty impressive feat. I think with Brooklyn, you know, a lot of the guys on the bench, they're young. They don't have that, pe- that championship pedigree or that experience. And it's pretty ISO heavy. James Harden controls the... Offense, he's kind of the main guy. I think with Steph Curry and them, you saw a lot of ball movement. Even Steve Curry, you saw him put his offensive prowess into it, his coaching prowess into it. Steve Nash is kind of still a young rookie. I think this team, this Warriors team, had just had so much experience and so much fun and so much energy. It was just a different vibe. Like Joel said, they were top five in offense and defense. The Nets are one of the best offensive we've ever seen, but they're a statistically horrible defensive team. So I just think, you know, this team, and like we said, we didn't get to see much of this Nets team. We only seen them for eight games and then the series against Boston. We still might not get to see enough of them until next year fully because Kyrie's out for a series. He's out for this series. Yeah, so we, and they might lose. So we might not even get to see this team in full, you know, in the full gratitude. But I think the Warriors, easily, those teams were the best teams in NBA history. Yeah, I agree. And now we're going to talk about one of those players, Draymond Green. He was on the show with Taylor Rooks, her show on Bleach Report, and he gave his top five under 25 list. And this is in no particular order, but he has Luka, Tatum, Trey, Booker, and Zion in his top five. Some notable players that he left out were John Morant, Donovan Mitchell, Ben Simmons, Shea, De'Aaron Fox, Jalen Brown, and NPJ. So I want to get your guys' thoughts on this. Do you think Draymond's list is right? Who would you swap in? Who would you swap out? Or would you leave it the same? I feel like he put Trey Young in it because of what he's been doing in the playoffs. And because of that, I feel like he has to put Donovan Mitchell in that list. Like, what, was Devin Booker on the list? Yep. Yeah, he's on the list too. Then if, he's, if Devin Booker's on the list also, I feel like Donovan Mitchell has to be on that list. And I, and I don't even want to get into a who's better at this, who's better at that. I think they're all phenomenal players. They're all going to take over the league. But I think Donovan Mitchell has been playing either at the same level or a little bit better than Devin Booker and Trey Young. We can make the argument that Utah is the number one team in the league and they have a lot of help. So does Phoenix. I think Atlanta's team complements Trey Young a lot. I think it helps him in games and situations. You know, he has Bogey. He has John Collins. He has Clint Capella. I think that team is very complimented for him. And I think Donovan Mitchell not getting the respect he deserves 
putting his, putting this offensive team on, even when missing Mike Conley too. Devin Booker isn't missing Chris Paul, you know. Trey Young isn't missing Clint or John John Collins, you know. So I think missing Mike Conley and still being able to steal, not steal, but win two in Utah, putting up the forty balls. Even last year, missing Bogdanovich, giving Jamal Murray and them boys hell, even though they, you know, they blew a three one lead. But him as an individual, giving them forty points, fifty points, giving them hell, I think he has to be in that list. And I think you have to take Zion out, honestly. So you take Zion out, you put in Spider, you keep Trey. Yeah. Got to. I actually don't I don't I don't hate this list actually. I really I think it's a pretty solid one. I feel I, I made my own. I, I put Luca, D book, Tatum, Zion, and I got Spider in there at five. Oh, so you took Trey out. Yeah, I took Trey out. I feel like Zion, his team obviously is is not good right now and it it's definitely not helping his case as you know, as of right now, because you we get to witness Trey Young and what he's been able to accomplish right now in the playoffs against a solid Knicks defense against a solid 76er defense, and Trey has just been absolutely special. That being said, Zion, I just feel like he he is just such a force to be reckoned with. The fact that they've they've gave him the the rights to to be the prime one of the primary ball handlers, take the ball up the court. Oh, he started bugging after that. Once he once he started to be the like the point forward of the squad. We saw his points per game go up like four or five points. His assist totals ended up going up too. One thing I will say from Zion, we need to see him be more confident in that three point shot. That would definitely open up the floor, especially because right now, if I'm if I'm trying my hardest to guard Zion, I'm just gonna guard him going left because it seems as he's definitely more confident going to the left as opposed to the right. I think there was one game they were playing the Celtics. So you guard him going left. Yeah, you have to. He's a lefty. He's, yeah. Exactly. You have to guard him going to his left hand. <laughs> what, do you, what do you mean? If if he's a lefty, you're you gonna ever guard, guard left? somebody going to their dominant hand. As in, like, be prepared for their left hand. Force them. All right, sorry that the wording <laughs> came out wrong, but obviously he's gonna violate me. But that's my point. You you gotta force him to go right because that's what the proper wording is. You force him to go right. You take his left hand out of his game. Uh, but as of right now, that doesn't seem to be an issue. He's easily averaging 28 points at 20 years old. Uh, once they get him a supporting cast of players that are actually fit his skill set, I think that he'll definitely take off. I feel like uh, not having Spider in that in that list was a little disrespectful. Uh, Tatum, I completely understand. He had an Allen Iverson-esque moment against the Nets where he caught one, ended up dropping, what, 50-plus points against the Nets. It was crazy. Devin Booker slayed the king. Unfortunately, he he beat my Lakers, and he's having a special run. He's shown in the past that he is an elite top five scorer in the NBA when he gets hot. Uh, Luca obviously is is baby Bron minus the athleticism. So I do like the list. I just feel like right now I would lean Spider over Mitch. Oh, um, yeah, excuse me, Spider over Trey right now. Just because I think I like Spider's athleticism more than Trey's, but it's definitely really close. But this list not too far fetched. Devin Booker had a the Lannister send their regards to, to King, <laughs> James. King James. The Lannister send their regards. No, but you know I, I don't disagree with this list. I think Zion is probably the only person that you can take out because I think Trey Young deserves to be on there. And Draymond Green did say that he didn't know Donovan Mitchell was there. He he didn't know he was under twenty five. Really? Yeah. So that's why. So <laughs> he that turns twenty five this September. So uh, that's yeah. why Draymond didn't have. But did he change there. the list? He said he would take out Zion because he hasn't been in the playoffs. I think that's what so he said. So rude. But you know the the thing about it is that unfortunately for Zion, I think that 
he's going to be getting overlooked for the next couple of years because no I don't have any confidence in the Pelicans building a good team around Zion. I just don't. So I think it's going to be a while until he gets his just due. But based off of production in the regular season, he's second to Luka on this list, if we're being honest. I'm with you. Whoa. I'm with him. <laughs> Who? Who is more productive than Zion? He's going to take Spide over him. No. He's going to take gonna Tatum say. over him. I wasn't even going to say yeah, Tatum. What the hell? I'm you got a, you I'm got a Motorola ringtone. <laughs> <laughs> it's ringing mad loud. Like, oh, dear. Um, you chose that ringtone yourself? I think that's the one that comes with it. No, I might have chose that by myself. That's definitely not the one that comes with it. Really? What's the one that comes with it? Uh, let me see. It's like the the, the alarm clock. For, um, yeah. yeah, then I probably did end up just switching that. Why did I do that? I don't know. Yeah, that's a Motorola yeah. ringtone. Whatever. Um, yeah, Tatum. What the hell? I just feel like Zion does a little bit more. Tatum obviously is amazing offensively, but better defender. You're say, you're taking Tatum defensively over. Oh yeah, Zion has p- penguin feet. Okay, you don't think his athleticism makes up for it though? Off ball, I think he's a really bad on ball defender. Okay, yeah, he's a really bad defender, okay. no doubt. And Tatum is a, the clear offense. He's a clearly better offense. And some player. breaking much, news yeah. just happened. The All NBA teams have been announced. We're not going to get too deep into it right now. We'll talk about it probably next show, but okay. First team, Nikola Jokic, Giannis, Curry, Doncic, and Kawhi. Second team, Chris Paul, Dame, Embiid, Randall, and LeBron. Third team, Kyrie, Bradley Beal, Gobert, Jimmy Butler, and Paul George. No way. That is... Yes! So who got snubbed? I'm trying Tatum. To Tatum. Oh, Tatum did get snubbed. We were talking about it, too. Oh. Yes, Steph Curry, Paul George. Yes, Paul George should not be there. I don't care. AD's not up there. Booker's not on it too. Yeah, that wait, Mitchell got on sense. it. Wait, is Mitchell even on it? I don't think Mitchell, Mitchell is not on it. Is they Gobert, put Beal up there. Is Gobert? They put Beal he averaged thirty. Gobert was. Gobert was thirty. He's the third center. He's gonna be up there. They didn't, they put Beal up there. Wow. Yeah, I mean Harden didn't make it either. That's crazy. He, he didn't play enough. Time. Right? He missed a lot That's of time. KD didn't make care. it either. LeBron didn't play a lot. And he made second and team. And B didn't play a lot. He played first LeBron, team. LeBron played 51 out of 70. You had, I, tell you, I told you you had to play about 50 games to get in there. Let me check. James KD Holmes. didn't make it, right? Yeah, KD didn't make it either. So the Nets, oh, Kyrie made one. Okay, there. okay. Harden played 44 games Yeah, I knew it. You had to play at least 50 to get in there. I think LeBron played either 50 flat or like around 51, 52. Kyrie and is a now Luca's eligible to sign a two hundred million dollar contract extension. Yeah, Steph's gonna get that. I think he already got it, didn't he? No, he's about to get another one. But wow, he's not crazy. the. But Luca's about to be the first rookie to sign for two hundred. Yeah, but Steph's gonna be the first guy to get two two hundreds. Is he? Yeah, that's lit. No, he's the greatest, bro. That's lit. Okay. <laughs> and who cares? And then somebody's <laughs> once the NBA cap keeps going up, Luca's gonna get. Five hundred million. Yeah, he tries to shit on Curry's greatness. Uh-huh. Hating man, it's ridiculous. It's just the way. Of the Does times. Harden get money? Of course, Harden gets money. Does he get like Steph money though? Yes. Yes. He's no, a he max doesn't. player. He does. But well, I'm talking about the endorsements. You got to bring in the endorsements, the sneaker deal. You got a point. Yeah. He's Steph is like I, the third. Give, whoa, whoa, whoa! Harden's shoes are, are nicer than Curry's. Yeah, but Steph is get paid more. He's well, actually only behind LeBron the, and he's KD. He's the only one on Under Armour. Of course, he's gonna get more. Why are you counting a man's money? <laughs> <laughs> We're really arguing about who makes more money. I don't care about that. I'm sorry. I just, I just <laughs> got to one-up you, Ethan. So uh, before we go into the next segment, uh, we are going to talk about Manscaped for a bit because support for the Pick Aside podcast is brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best in men's below-the-waist grooming champions of the world. Manscaped offers 
precision engineered tools for your family jewels. Manscaped just launched their fourth generation trimmer, the Lawnmower 4.0, which I have in my hand right now. And you can join over 2 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with this exclusive offer for you 20% off and free worldwide shipping with the code PICKASIDE at manscaped.com. Imagine shaving with a sleek, well designed, and optimized trimmer that makes shaving time your favorite time in the bathroom. I'm one of the first people to try this new 4.0 and I'm blown away by the performance. The craftsmanship and details on the 4.0 are next level. When I was shaving with this thing, I had no fears about having nicks and nacks and cuts in my private parts. It's well protected. It has a it has safe technology so you don't cut your family jewels down there. So it's really great. And it says it right here. It has skin safe, replaceable blade technology. And it even has a 400, 4,000K LED spotlight so you can see where you're cutting. It gives a light. You can light up your thing. It's also waterproof. So I know a lot of people. light up your thing. So they thought of everything. Yes. And it's waterproof. So you can shave in the bathroom as well. And I think that's where a lot of people tend to shave in the bathroom. Oh, it's, for sure. it's, it's the most comfortable. Definitely. And you can shave in the bathroom because it is waterproof. You can change the blades and it has wireless charging. Well, no, this is wireless, but it also has wireless charging. And this is honestly just a great product. And with our code pick aside, you can save 20% off and they offer free worldwide shipping when you get it. So get 20% off and free shipping with the code pick aside at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com with the code pick aside and unlock your confidence with manscaped. I know Jordan ordered one with our code. And he, I don't know if he's tried it yet, but I'll ask him next time. You know? So manscaped shout out to manscaped. Shout out to manscaped. Shout out for real. It's a great product. A lot of people have been sponsored by manscaped before. Really? And yeah, it's a popular product. Manscaped looking out for YouTube. Shout out. You know, you know that uh, ever since I've, Manscaped has sent us this. I go on Instagram and on Twitter and I and even on Snapchat, I get a bunch of Manscaped really? ads, sponsored makes, ads. Makes sense. Yeah. They're always listening, bro. Now on to this next basketball topic, the last basketball topic of this show. There was a report that came out about Luka Doncic and his desire to stay with the Mavericks long term. Today he just made all NBA first team which means he's eligible for a $200 million rookie extension. He even said in a press conference, what do you think? Of course he's going <laughs> to sign it. What a smile. He's going to sign it, no doubt about it. So even if his desire isn't to stay with Dallas long-term, he's going to be here for at least four-plus years yep. because of that contract, no doubt about it. But this article was written by uh, two athletic uh, journalists, Tim Cato and Sam Amick, and the Athletic is a trusted publisher. I love it. Yeah, they're yeah they are a trusted publisher. So I'm not knocking this report, but Mark Cuban did quote tweet a tweet about this article and said complete bullshit. So <laughs> he obviously thinks that this article is full of shit. But let's talk about it. Yeah, I read the article. It's not that long, but all people got to know is that Mark Cuban's right hand man, his last name is Vulgaris. Uh, he was a gambler and he was hired by Mark Cuban in 2018. And in one game, he sat courtside and he told Luca to calm down and signaled like this with his hand. Luca got frustrated. He started back talking to him. They got into a back and forth. 
And Luca does not like this guy, but this guy is Mark Cuban's right hand man. He's the director of quantitative quantitative research and development, which basically means he works for the analytics department. He makes uh, decisions that he well he makes suggestions that influence decisions. Like the reason they got Delon Wright and Seth Curry was because of him on draft night in 2020. It was a complete disaster, according to this report, because this guy drafted Josh Green and Tyrell Terry without giving the scouting department any heads up that he was wow. going to draft these guys. Wow. So he, they have called this guy the most influential voice in the Mavericks front office. That's because he's Mark's right hand. Yeah, because Mark Cuban is the most influential. Yeah. But he's this him. guy, since he's the right-hand man, he's the second. And they're just saying right now it's a power struggle between the Mavericks because of the front office. And I want to know what you guys think about this. You know, Do you think that... <clears throat> Luca could potentially want out one day because of what's happening, this friction. And what team do you think he could go to? I mean, I have one in mind. I think it's the Knicks. I, th- I would love it. Yeah, I'm sure you would love it. I suck. <laughs> um, I think you know this is. I don't want this to come out like racist or anything, but I think what we've seen over the past with European players that find a home in a. I don't in, think that's racist. Yeah. I, I I wrote the same thing in mine. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even know what you're about to say. Uh, I'll, I'll let you say you. it. Uh, I think what we've seen from Europeans or, you know, just people. Players who, overseas. Yeah, players overseas, they come, they find a home, they dominate at that home, they build a foundation here, they tend to stay for a long time, you know, Hakeem, Dirk, guys like that. So I think with Dallas, you know, Mark Cuban's a smart guy. You know, I think we can all agree he's a very smart businessman. He's a smart owner. Dallas has been competitive, you know, not 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 recently, but they've been competitive over a stretch. I think he's going to make the best choice for Luca, and I think if he had an option of choosing Luca or his right hand man, he's going to fire his right hand man's in a heartbeat. I, I think that's just Luca is a generational a player. Yeah, he's he's gonna. I think he's gonna be here for a long, long time. I don't think he's going to that mockery of a franchise you said. <laughs> um, I think he's gonna be in Dallas for a pretty long time. I think. Mark Cuban's going to assess the situation. But I think what it was was Luca was just in a heated game. You know, it was a high, high violence situation. And him telling him to calm down, it would make any, any one of us frustrated. You know, they were probably losing at the moment. He's probably dumb tight. The refs, you know how Luca gets when the ref doesn't call the call. He thinks it's a call. He gets angry, gets all red. He's all talking shit under his breath. <laughs> so, you know, he's probably frustrated. And it happens. But I think. Inevitably, Mark Cuban is going to make the right choice for the franchise, and Luca is going to end up staying for a very long time. Yeah, I'm not going to buy too much into this, honestly. Obviously, like you mentioned, he talked about the contract already, so he's going to sign that. He's going to be around for another four or five years, probably. Uh, but I just feel like you look at what he's he's done with the Mavericks so far. He's gone against a, a more than competent uh, Los Angeles Clippers squad that has two star talents in this league that he if not for Kawhi going and putting the uh, the Clippers on his back, Luka outplayed him for a good portion of that series. He was the best player in that series by far. You could debate both both years, Luka was the best player against the Clippers or in the Mavs versus Clippers series in 2020 and 2021. So I think that they have a long time together to 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 learn what what or what type of players need to be around Luka to to bring his game to that next level. Uh, you bring you look at a guy like Porzingis, who we all, who I personally thought I know Joel was a was a big fan of that trade on the Knicks end. Uh, but I thought that Lu, uh, that Porzingis would have been a nice fit with, with Luca. You bring two two decent sized uh, guys. 
uh, both that could shoot the ball. Porzingis obviously could shoot the ball relatively well for a big man, but we see that that didn't work out because Luca is really ball dominant, and and Porzingis needs the ball in his hands a little bit more to get himself going. But once once the Mavericks realize that Luca needs shooters around him, similar to Tim Hardaway. He needs better defenders to to bail him out on the defensive side of the ball because he's given 100% effort on the offensive side of the ball. And if there was one weakness of Luka, it'd definitely be his defense. Uh, so I feel like this is a long, this is going to be a long-term thing. And as we've mentioned, European players do seem to to take a liking to one squad and stick around. As recent as Giannis Antetokounmpo, who, who definitely had other options, he decided to stick it uh, stick it out with Milwaukee, and we see that it's paying dividends already. One season after signing that contract, so I I firmly believe that Dallas is going to make the right decision. They're going to keep Luca just like they did with Dirk Nowinski. It's it's basically that situation reincarnated. So I'm not going to buy too much into it. Uh, obviously, Luca is a generational talent, and they would be making one of the worst decisions in NBA history by letting him go. I would love for Luka Doncic to go to the New York Knicks. And why? Because he would bring a championship. <laughs> Just kidding, to the- <laughs> bro. Come on. Come you know on. that. You know that before the draft, Luca was featured in this Bleacher Report video, where it was him giving his prediction for his NBA career, and he said, "In my first year, I want to dunk on Kristaps Porzingis, <laughs> and I want to be the king of New York." So he said it before. So he he takes likings to tough. New York. But then, you know, he gave his, like, three-year prediction for his career. And so far, outside of winning a playoff series and going being the king of New York, he's done all that. Like, he's oh, said he's sure. going to be All-NBA, eventually be the MVP of the league. He's done all that, so major props to him. But like you mentioned, if it's between Volgaris and Luka, you're taking Luka because Luka is the player. He's the franchise player. He is, he's probably going to be the best player in the NBA in a couple years if he's not going to be that in the next year. I mean, he's that good. And I think also this is kind of more of a testament to Mark Cuban and how he runs the organization because there is no doubt Mark Cuban has a ton of things going on outside of the Dallas Mavericks. He on He's on Shark Tank, for God's sakes. Now you see him all over promoting NFTs, cryptocurrencies, and blockchains. I mean, he's all over the map with his investments and just – making money because that's what he is. He's a money maker. And because of that, he can kind of lose sight on what's happening in terms of the um, Mavericks front office. The Mavs have not won a, a playoff series since 2011, the year they won a championship. They have not won a playoff series since that time. And Rick Carlisle, because he won that championship, he's become immortalized. Kind of like Eric Spolstra after he won with Miami, Nobody ever thought about firing him, even though Spolstra, I think, is a better coach than Carlisle. And he won more. The thing about Carlisle, though, that year when they won the championship, his assistant coaches were really great. Um, Terry Stotts was there. Dwayne Casey was an assistant coach on their, on that team, too. The, the guy from um, the Rockets, Silas. Steven Silas as well. So they had a good coaching staff, and I think Rick Carlisle, to this point, hasn't been exceptional I thought the duo of KP and Luka would have been really great, mostly because they're both European. Maybe I stigmatized that duo <laughs> a little bit too much. But if you remember in the 2018 draft, Luka, there were reports of him staying in Europe for one more year and coming out in 2019. I remember at that time, I told my cousin, the Knicks should sit out KP in 2019 and 
Oh, tank for Luca so we can have a duo of Luca or Luca or KP. I was thinking about a, a duo of those two in New York. New York Instead, yeah. they both went to Dallas. KP not by choice, by trade. But I thought it would have been better, and I think KP hasn't been featured in the, in the offense much because he has regressed. But I think that Rick Carlisle also is catering to Luca too much, and I think you need a coach who can also stand his ground. And to this point, I think Rick Carlisle has been more of a coach that knows if he steps up to Luca, he's going to get fired. And he's just trying to save his job at this point. But I think you need a coach that is going to step up to Luca because there are times where he doesn't pass the ball. There are times where he misses teammates. He still has to improve on his game. Not much, but he still has to. And I don't think Rick Carlisle is the coach for that. But I think Luca will stay in Dallas for a long time because he's going to sign that extension for $200 million. And I mean, four plus years, a lot can happen in four years. They can build a contender around him in four years. I think that's well said about the coach, actually, because just you saying that reminds me of the last dance. And I'm blanking on on his first head coach, uh, Doug, Doug Collins. Doug Collins. Actually, and, that wasn't his first. No, but that's that's what I'm talking the about that specifically. Pl- no, was, that's oh, but that's okay. what I'm talking about. Doug Collins, the way that he let Jordan complete here, here the ball. Here, here you go, Jordan. Do you? Jordan didn't didn't start winning until he until stopped he ball hogging. A hundred percent. Phil Jackson said, "Listen, winning Mike, chips or just winning in general by adapting to a real offense. Winning is winning chips. Correct. Okay. Correct. At least that's what you always Thanks like to correct. mention when talking about Harden. Well, yeah, you're right. Just me. Okay. So regardless of that, Doug Collins is right now. Rick Carlisle, where he's like, listen, Luca, we know that you're the guy. Do what you do want. what you need to do to get us a W. However it is, even if you have 10 turnovers, I don't care. Just you, If you drop 40 and have 10 turnovers, I'm more than okay with it. That's not going to win you uh, any playoff games, and clearly it hasn't done so up to this point. Granted, of course, Luca is young. But if we're looking towards the future, you need a, disciplined, uh, a guy to discipline a, a group of guys like this. And that's only going to bring their game and and bring it to a whole new level. So I 100% agree with that sentiment. Do you think? Do you guys think Rick Carlisle is overrated? Yeah, I do think he's overrated. At this point, I they have a decent amount of. I I won't say he's overrated just because I feel like head office has a part of that too. Them getting rid of Seth Curry was a bad move. I mean, Seth Curry would have been enormous for them this season. Josh Richardson really didn't provide much for them. Philly's looking back on it, knowing that they stole from from Dallas. If Seth Curry was there, you bring in another three point shooter. Seth Curry's not an amazing defender, but he's a pretty solid defender too. That that might have changed a little bit, but I feel like Rick Carlisle he could do a better job of honing in on things, getting Porzingis involved in the offense a little bit more. Uh, I just feel like right now it's a super stagnant offense, stagnant, but. That being loosely because obviously Luca makes so many things happen on the court. So that guy Vulgaris, when he got Seth Curry, he also got De- Delon Wright, and at the time he told Rick Carlisle to start Delon Wright, and he thought he should be the starter next to Luca, and that only lasted one game. But from afar, these sources have told these two reporters that this guy Vulgaris controls a lot of the rotations really? that go out there. Like he controls a lot of the things that are happening for Dallas on that end. So he has a ton of control in Dallas's front office. And maybe that's where the friction between Luca and the front office is coming from because Luca, from what reports say, doesn't like this guy. Yeah. But now on to the NFL portion of the podcast. And right on cue. Yes. Goes. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to talk about the Minnesota Vikings reworking Daniil Hunter's deal. And they also just signed. 
defensive tackle Sheldon Richardson, which I think is going to be a, a, a good pickup. He's also a defensive end. He can play either, honestly. Yep. But first, let's talk about Daniel Hunter. So he signed a, they're going to give him a $5.6 million signing bonus this season. And next season, they're going to give him an $18 million signing bonus. Wow. And the Vikings have three options. They can either sign him to a new contract next year, they can release him, or they can pay him that $18 million signing bonus because it's not due until the fifth day of the new league year. So I think this is perfect because if oh, the sure. if Daniil Hunter drops off a cliff and doesn't perform or he has another injury, the Vikings can rid, his, rid him from their um, salary cap, yep. and now they free up a ton of money. But if he performs, now you give him a good contract and you pay him what he deserves. And this is also great for Daniil Hunter because if he's not getting that money from the Vikings, he's going to hit the open market and get it from another organization. So Daniil Hunter is guaranteed a big payday, and the Vikings are guaranteed future years, or at least this year, from Daniil Hunter. So I think this is a win-win for both sides. Oh, I definitely do like this move. Daniil Hunter obviously is, an, uh, I would say, an elite pass rusher. Uh, he's definitely one of the oh, better man. ones in the league. Yeah, thanks, bro. I'm, I'm glad to to have your input on this. I tried to use talk. the bathroom before we officially started the football topic, so you guys wouldn't be on me. But I heard you were still <laughs> on me. <so laughs> it was me, bro. If it oh, makes it you feel better. All right. Uh, but wait, pause. Okay, pause. Uh, Daniel Hunter, hundred percent solid dude. Uh, this contract makes a hundred percent sense for for Minnesota, like you mentioned. Uh, you. You take the chance on him this year, only five five million signing bonus. You you take that to the chin, and if he underwhelms you, which is definitely, I don't think it it's a possibility. Uh, but obviously, anything can happen. In NFL injuries happen all the time. Uh, that eighteen million is definitely going to hurt if if he takes a hit. But I don't see that happening. Eighteen million when you look at a guy like uh, Leonard Williams, who's getting paid. Is it twenty one million? He's getting twenty twenty million. Yeah, twenty one million. Like you, you take that and you and you take it to the crib. Uh, did you ask the question of whether the Vikings or you just asked my opinion on the on the contract as a whole right now? Your opinion on the contract? Yeah, no, I, I on the contract, I, I I love it from Minnesota's aspect, uh, from Minnesota's perspective. Uh, like I said, gives them some leeway. Uh, definitely could benefit Daniel, but definitely benefits uh, the Vikings overall. He's a two-time Pro Bowler. He's the youngest player in NFL history to get 50 sacks. And he's a guy who wants to be paid with the Joey Bosa's of the world. Nick Bosa, eventually the, the Miles Garrett, the Khalil Max. And I think he's worth that money. I think he's a top five edge rusher in the NFL right now. He could, he could be top three. I mean, this guy is the key for the Vikings. And to get him back in the building and playing yep. is huge. And they just signed Sheldon Richardson, who played for the Jets. He was great with the Jets. Went to the Browns. He was pretty good with the Browns. He also played already for the Vikings in 2018. He was pretty good for them as well. And now their front four featured Daniil Hunter, Sheldon Richardson, Dav- Dalvin Tomlinson, and Michael Pierce. And they also got a young guy in DJ Wonham, and they just drafted two young guys in Janarius Robinson and Patrick Jones II. So this defense looks Solid. good. Their offense, we know, is going to be good because they have Kirk, Jefferson, Thielen, Dalvin Cook, Irv Smith Jr., do you think the Vikings will win the NFC North? That's that's a tough take to say to win the NFC North. Who's in front of them? Well, as of right now, I got to say the Packers until eventually Aaron Rodgers obviously gets traded. I still think, you know, them having Aaron Rodgers is going to put them at the forefront. I think it's a two-man race, though. I think the Vikings and the Packers, as of right now, 
of the two front teams. I don't think Chicago has enough, and obviously Detroit is the worst team in the NFL. So, but I think you know with the new expanded NFL and it being more teams in the playoffs, I think they have a chance, especially with them having a high octane offense. You know, especially last year because I know they're run heavy with Dalvin Cook, but they still have Justin Jefferson, they still have Adam Thielen, Kirk Cousins can still perform. And their defense, a lot of their guys was injured. You know, you named one guy, Michael Pierce. He was he, he got hurt last year. You know, so, so did Neil Hunter, Anthony Barr. Yeah, so him coming back, they still have they still have a lot of guys on that defense that can make big time plays. So I think with this defense showing up every night, having their key contributors, being healthy is the first step. Their offense is gonna show up every game. That that's what they showed last year. They're gonna put up numbers, they're gonna put up stats. I think they have a chance to win the division. I don't think it's far-fetched to say it. I think they have a chance to win the division. They can definitely make a push in the playoffs. Everything just has to fall in place. And health is one of their biggest concerns because they were healthy last year. No, I definitely think it's possible that the Vikings could win this division. Uh, But I'm basing it off of Aaron Rodgers' current situation. Uh, If Aaron Rodgers doesn't play, this this division is wide open. it, I, I, I firmly believe so. I, you look at the Bears, who were a playoff team last year, even with two quarterbacks playing, give or take, all season. You, I mean, they flip-flop from, from Mitch back to Foles, back to Mitch again. Uh, so the Bears as a whole, I mean, where you look at them and you're not really impressed with them because of their quarterback talent, their defense is, is still relatively solid. They did just lose Kyle Fuller, which is definitely going to hurt them. But they keep pretty much the same core that they had of last season. Uh, you look at their their the offensive side of the ball. You bring in Andy Dalton, who was pretty successful. If you ask Joel on, on the Cowboys, uh, <laughs> he he had a decent year with the Cowboys. Even though I, I wasn't a huge fan of Dalton's, I felt like every time I watched Dalton, there were some moments where he could have made smarter decisions with the football, or he could have just held on to it and taken a sack. Uh, regardless of that, I mean, I I think Dalton is is an improvement from Mitch Trubisky. I feel like uh, you have Justin Fields also for whenever he's going to take the reins from Dalton. He's going to step in. He's going to do a great job. You got a young core in Darnell Mooney, Anthony Miller, and of course you just got Allen Robinson who just, I'm pretty sure he signed the the tenure, uh, the franchise tag. Yeah, he's in minicamp. Yep, he's and, good. and I think that he's probably going to sign a long-term eventually uh, and, and stay in Chicago. It wouldn't surprise me if he got traded, but I I do believe that he will stay in Chicago, especially now that they've added Justin Fields. Uh, you give him some some confidence there. Uh, but you look at the Vikings. I don't know if you mentioned that they added Pat Pete, but that just only adds to their to the McKenzie secondary. Alexander too. Uh, you of course you have. Oh, oh my God, uh, Cameron. The, the free safety Harrison, Harrison Smith. Smith. I just blank on him. Of course, the young guy. Cameron is Anthony, is Anthony Harris name. gone? Anthony Harris is gone, but they got Xavier Woods. Okay. All right, okay. so you get safety you bring, from the Cowboys, okay. which is firm, and then you bring in a a, a seasoned vet and Patrick Peterson. This team is just revamped on all sides of the ball. They they brought in some offensive line pieces. They drafted they drafted Christian Derrissaw. Correct. I'm pretty sure that's who they took. Yep. The Vikings. I mean, excuse me. The Chargers took Elijah Vera Tucker. Correct. No, the Chargers took Rashawn Slater. Ah, the, the Jets, Jets have, took Elijah Vera Tucker. Okay. Correct. So. I, I love the moves that they made this offseason. And like I said, if if Aaron Rodgers is not on the Green Bay Packers, this division is 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 wide open. 100%, I believe so. I 100% disagree. Okay. Yeah, no, the, the wide reason open part, I disagree with you. Is, is, I'll get into this first. They also got Bashad Breland. That's going to be ho- huge. You're saying, you're saying Minnesota. Minnesota. You're all in on Minnesota. He's definitely I'm all in. I'm all in on Minnesota this year. 
And just for my track record, two years ago, I was all in you on sure Tennessee. You sure you want to do this? Wait, you sure was, you want to do this? Yes, we can do this. Okay. You we were all dance. in on Oakland. They didn't make it. Oakland Stop. was you, six and four two years ago. Okay, in but a row. they didn't make it. They collapsed. Though. All right, so, That's so you were wrong. They were a, no, playoff, wrong, they were a playoff team at the time. Oh, my goodness. I can't. Las, Las Vegas now. You know, let's, let's address <laughs> No, but you were Oakland at the time. Yeah, at the time, yeah, it was Oakland. I mean, they were six and four. They just collapsed down the stretch. Yeah. It's not my fault. That yeah. happens. But I'll say this. Three years ago, when it was Trubisky's second year in the NFL, I said Chicago would make the playoffs. They went 12 and four. Two years ago, I said the Titans would make the playoffs. They went nine and seven or 10 and six, one of those, and, and they six. won two playoff wins. No, I, was, seven. I was all in on Ryan Tannehill. Last year, I called the Bucs winning the Super Bowl before they, no, right when they got Brady, I said they would win the Super Bowl. Before they got him, I said they'd make the playoffs. I knew they had a great and stacked roster. If Aaron Rodgers gets traded and Jordan Love is the starting quarterback for the Vikings, this division gotcha. for the Packers, my fault. That's all right. This division 100% is going to the Minnesota Vikings, no doubt about it. The Lions don't have a chance. The Bears don't have a chance. The NFC North schedule is gruesome, and only the strong will survive. The Vikings. You watch way too but much Game seen, of Thrones. You've seen, <laughs> you, you've seen Minnesota's coaching staff. It's it's been a questionable at times. I trust Matt Nagy. Uh, you do? I mean, compared <laughs> to Zimmer, Mike Zimmer has more playoff appearances. This has more playoff wins. This team is better. He makes a field goal. Matt Nagy gets on the board. I agree, but we're. I'm just going by <laughs> Matt Nagy or Mike Zimmer. I mean, Mike Zimmer, he's a defensive specialist. His defenses have been top 10 in the NFL. And Matt, bl- Nagy, Matt Nagy is an offensive specialist. His defense, and his has, offenses have been abysmal. Yeah. And still made it work with Mitch Trubisky. Because and their Foles. defense is elite. I'm yeah. with you. That's I'm with the you. only thing. Last year, Montgomery didn't take a leap last year? He did. For he did. sure. He did. No <laughs> doubt about it. But look, this is what I'm saying. If Aaron Rodgers does play for the Packers, I still have the Vikings winning the division. They're the best wow. team in the NFC North. They're the most complete team. And I think their offensive line is going to take a jump. I'm with Brian you O'Neill is a good tackle. Garrett Bradbury, hopefully he can be better. You have a guy they drafted in Davis, Wyatt Davis from Ohio State. You also got another guy, and I'm forgetting their, their other guard's name. I'm going to remember it in a little bit. But then you also drafted Christian Derisaw. He's going to be good for them. So all around, I think the Vikings are going to be solid. Their offensive line is a good run-blocking offensive line. They're just not good in pass protection. If they can fix that up, they'll be better. But you look at their linebackers, Anthony Barr, Nick Vigil, and they have Eric Kendricks, their yep. safeties, Harrison Smith, Xavier was their corners, Bashad Breeland, Patrick Peterson, Mackenzie Alexander, who was really good for the Bengals last year. You have Cameron Dantzler still. I mean, their corners are stacked in Jeff Gladney. Who knows what's going to happen with his legal situation, but he's still a young corner who was a first-round pick last year. And their defensive line, Neil Hunter, Sheldon. Pierce. Um, Pierce. You think Sheldon's washed? I don't think so. Okay. I, I think he's he can really make a a good. He can especially with those other good. guys with him, Pierce and Hunter. I don't. I think he just and Dalvin and Dalvin Tomlinson. Yeah. He'll be fine with. Okay. he needs to do. I feel like Daniel Hunter needs to stay on the field in order for for me to get on the Vikings. Other guard is Ezra Cleveland. Okay. Who was a rookie last year, didn't play too bad down the stretch. Okay, but they have all the ingredients to be a really good team, and I think. They're going to be a lock to win the NFC North because I think they're the best team in the NFC North. Yeah, I, I think when you said it's wide open, that was kind of ridiculous. Um, it's, a, it's a three. It's a three-team race. It's not. I don't think Chicago has a chance. Me personally, I, I think just with don't. with their quarterback situation and with Andy Dalton, and you know, 
like like you said, losing Kyle Fuller, the def- the the schedule being gruesome in the NFC North. I think just the Vikings and the Packers have to be the two teams where it's like if Aaron Rodgers stays, obviously those are the two teams that are the most talented by far in the division. Those are the two teams with the most experience. I, I just think. don't. The, the, the Vikings have a third place schedule this year, and even their schedule is gruesome. I have them winning ten games because that schedule is so gruesome. If they had an easier schedule, they'd be a thirteen win team, but. There's like, oh my gosh, I'll just pull it up right now because we'll, we'll go over the teams and you'll say it's going to be hard for them to win these games. And the Bears face cl- most of these teams as well. The Cardinals, the Seahawks, the Ooh. Browns. Uh, that's the, that's Cow- the first three games? Not the first three. Uh, I'm just naming the tough damn. ones. I was, was going to say, say that's crazy. Low key. The Cowboys, low key. the Cowboys are still there. They're yes. not going to be bad. The Ravens, the Chargers, the Packers, the Niners, the Steelers. The Bears, the Rams, the Packers. The Are you Bears. sure they're going to go ten and seven? Yes, they will. That's no, they're going to go ten and seven. Yeah, ten and seven. You're right. Yeah. That schedule sounds ridiculous. I, That's with Aaron Rodgers, I had the Packers going nine and eight. Okay. So without Why are you him, being so hard on the Packers because I just don't believe in them. But they're you don't basically believe in, the you don't exact same Aaron? team. Corey Lindsley's out. They don't have a second wide receiver. But they they, they can't stop the shown, running game. They've shown that they don't need the second wide receiver. They've gone to two NFC championships back to back. Aaron Rodgers basically has backpacked them in that sense. Their defense is still relatively solid. I agree with you. Their run defense is lacking strongly. But you still their secondary is still lock up. As long as you have Jair Alexander, you don't have to worry oh, just, about uh, Just one. a quick uh, announcement. Embiid is also eligible for a Supermax. Oh, good for him. Nice. Yeah. But look, this is the bare schedule. The Rams, L. the Browns, L. Uh, Rams, we'll see. the Packers, L. the Bucks. The 49ers, the Steelers, the Ravens, the Cardinals, the Packers, again, the Vikings, the Seahawks, (laughs) the Giants, no slouch, and the Vikings is going to be weeks. It's just people have slept on the Bears in previous seasons. I'm just not going to sleep on them. I'm not going to sleep on them again because there's no way I could have gone into last season. What's your team in football again? Denver, right? Broncos. I'm solid. No, no, I I just, for some reason, Uh, I completely uh, forgot. All good. So uh, I have the Vikings winning the NFC North 100%. Okay. I have if Aaron Rodgers oh no, he's probably gone. Yeah, I have the Vikings winning the if, NFC if North. If Aaron stays, I'll lean Packers. If if Aaron's gone, easily. I'm I, th- going I, I, th- I think I'll lean Vikings. I think they're both going to make the playoffs though. The Packers and the if Vikings. Aaron plays, I, 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 both I agree. Playoffs. Vikings definitely have a better roster than the Bears. I'm not arguing that. I uh-huh. just think the Bears have been surprisingly good over the last few years, so I'm not going to sleep. What did you say? You said both. I don't. I only think one team out of the North is. I making said it. if I'm not gonna, ba- I, I don't think coming. Aaron. You gotta stop. You, you just gotta <laughs> stop. You gotta stop with the winters coming. But look, look, the NFC West. Just those are four playoff teams right there: Seahawks, Correct. Cardinals, 49ers, Correct. and the Rams. I just can't say Aaron Rodgers is not gonna make the playoffs. I don't I, think I he plays nine with the and eight though. No, you're yes. saying if he were to be on. I'm the saying. Playoffs. I'm that's why I keep saying if he's still there, I can't say Aaron Rodgers isn't gonna make the playoffs. I can't. No way. Are you going to pull up the schedule? Yes, I'll say Russell before I say Packers, Aaron. But it's the Packers, so it's not like they're... I'll say Russell yeah, before I look, say Aaron. Wait, Saints, I'll say Arizona before I say Saints, Aaron. Saints. Okay, Packers win. 49ers. Packers win. Steelers. Packers win. Whoa. They beat 49ers the 49ers? Was, 49ers was too could, easy. Yes, you, only said, healthy? You yes. said that too easily. Too, no. Who's starting as their quarterback? They've blown Jimmy them Garoppolo. out. Okay, there you go. They've I'm destroyed fine. them repeatedly every I'm time fine. they play them. They face Washington. W. Arizona, Washington's the Chiefs, good. the Seahawks, the Vikings. They'll split with the Vikings. Okay. The Rams, okay, they could the, the Ravens, Rams. the Browns, the Vikings again. Browns I think Aaron, I schedule. think the Packers can get four easy wins in the division. Beating the Lions twice and beating the Bears twice. 
That's four wins right Bears, there alone. Bears, I don't know. They play. They play Chicago. Uh, Chicago they play plays Green Bay. Very tough. But I think they can get. If they can get those four and then split with Minnesota. I don't. I can't easily say Arizona is going to make it over them. You Look said four teams in that Look division. Look at this. And the Saints NFC are going to fall off. NFC. Yes, I don't think by that much though. But NFC East is one team right there, even though they probably would have the worst record. But do <laughs> yeah. you look at the NFC South? Tampa Bay is winning that division. Saints probably they're going to be in the playoff hunt. I don't know if they're going to make oh, it. They're definitely going to be. But that's two. That's two. That's two teams. That's three. NFC right North. I have the Vikings, so that's three. Then NFC West. I think the Packers are better. Than I think Arizona. the 49ers will win the West. That's four. Now we have three, three more teams to pick from. Are the Rams? The Rams? Yeah. Are the Rams going to miss it with Stafford? No, absolutely not. Then you really, are, are the Seahawks going to miss it with Wilson? Wait, wait, wait. Maybe but if the Seahawks, if you're picking the Seahawks with Russell, you gotta pick the Packers with Aaron. Bro. I agree. The Seahawks aren't that much better. They just went the Seahawks are not that much better, bro. Championship games. Are the Arizona Cardinals missing it? Are they better than Their the Green defense, Bay? Arizona's defense is still not. You I trust mean, in Kyler that look, much? Look, my playoff predictions are this: okay. I have the Vikings, right. Washington, okay. um, Tampa Bay, mm-hmm. 49ers, Rams. Um, Seattle, okay. I have them as well. And that tiebreaker is going to be between the Cardinals and Saints. And Packers. No, I don't have them there. Wow. Crazy. The tie, it's going to be a tiebreaker between the Saints and the Cardinals. The Saints are not going to be bad. No, they're not. They're not going to be they're bad. They're not. You can't. Uh, I just don't. But that's what I'm saying. How can you think the Saints aren't going to be bad when they just lost their quarterback? But Because everything else is still there. And the Packers too, except Corey Lindsley. But it's really not going to make that much because of a difference. Because I believe in Jameis Winston. Over Aaron Rodgers? Not over that's Aaron Rodgers. That's how you're Rogers. making it sound. No, that's, that's definitely that's how you're, how you're making it sound. The Saints roster is better than the Packers roster. It's always been better. But then why didn't they? Why didn't they do anything last year? Because they choke in the playoffs. Oh, okay. so then you're not gonna you're not gonna trust Aaron Rodgers in that situation. I'm not saying I don't. No, but yes, I you also are. I, I, look. <laughs> last year, I'm not a wizard. Last year, I said the Packers wouldn't make the playoffs either. So I'm wow. just I'm just not high on Green and Bay. They shut you up. Jesus I'm just Christ. not. Now LaFleur is way to the better NFC of a coach than people give him credit for. He is. Now we're going to see what he does with so wait, Aaron Rodgers. You said you I'm said you there. the Packers weren't going to make the playoffs last year, and they jumped all the way to the NFC, NFC championship. championship game. That's tough. That's, that's that, two, that flipped on you bad. Yeah, two years in a row, they're not slouches. They don't need the wide receiver. That's only if Aaron too. stays, though. Obviously, Le'Veon Bell the other day. Sorry to switch nah, topics bro, all so good. abruptly. All good. I thought you were going to say something like key. You just switched the topic. No, like, Le'Veon, his facial expression. Yeah, like he was about to drop a like word. Like he was about to drop to something crazy. Le'Veon Bell. Le'Veon Bell called out Andy Reid the other day on some random Instagram post. It wasn't even a football related post. He said that I would never play for Andy Reid again. I'd retire first. Mm. And Tyron Matthew responded and said people blame their lack of success on others. And he's like, that's the difference between me. And others. Mm. And that's why I'm so <laughs> successful. Basically, that's what he said. I'm uh-huh. paraphrasing. Talk, talk Matthew. So basically, what do you, I mean, I think this makes Le'Veon Bell look awful. I think, you know, he left the Steelers, was horrible in the Jets, and it wasn't even an, it wasn't Adam Gase thing. I'm not going to say it wasn't. But you could obviously see Le'Veon Bell lost a step. He wasn't the same running back he was. He signs with the Chiefs, even though he had options with the Bills and the Dolphins to sign with them. But he signed with the Chiefs. He didn't get much of a workload. Andy Reid historically has fed the hot hand, and that was Damian Williams. It wasn't Le'Veon Bell. Le'Veon Bell. Daryl. Daryl Williams. Darryl. Yeah. So Le'Veon Bell said that, basically said on Twitter, because he tweeted a bunch of other stuff about it, he said he doesn't regret what he said one bit. 
because he believes Andy Reid lied to him about what his role was going to be on the Chiefs. What are your thoughts on this whole Le'Veon Bell calling out Andy Reid stuff? I just think uh, Le'Veon Bell has been the same since the Jets days. You know, I think Steelers days. Oh, I'm sorry. Well, he he missed a year and then came back and played with you guys. Played like garbage and then ended up with the Chiefs. And I think like it, it wasn't even just there. I think the Clyde Edwards. I don't want to say his name wrong. Hilaire. Hilaire. He was he was much better. I think Le'Veon. He's even when he played, he didn't look good at all. He kind of. I think one game he had like negative five yards or zero yards, like five attempts. Like he's just he's just he's not good anymore. And. It, the old Le'Veon we used to see in the Pittsburgh Steelers days when he was a beast in the run game and the pass game. You know, I know he thinks he's still that, but in a situation like that where you're playing for a championship team, you have to understand your role. And I think Le'Veon Bell is a little bit full of himself and his, and his ego is a little bit too high where he didn't understand. The Chiefs are an ego guys. Like Patrick Mahomes is great as he is. He's an ego guy. Travis Kelsey is great as he is. He's an ego guy. Same with Tyreek Hill. Le'Veon came into that situation thinking he was probably the best running back in the locker room. Yeah, and not just football. He thinks he's a good rapper too. No, he's garbage at that too. But um, <laughs> no, he's like really horrible at that. But yeah, I think he walked into a situation thinking I'm going to come in and be that guy again. And the Chiefs aren't those type of guys. They're like you said, a feed the hot hand. You know, we... If even if we don't eat, if we win as a team, we're all eating. So it's like you coming in and trying to be that guy again when you're not that guy. It was kind of a bad thing. Even AB who walked into Tampa Bay, he didn't walk in with that type of ego. He changed his mindset. He didn't care if he got the ball. He walked in and just wanted to win. And I think Le'Veon Bell didn't really walk in and want to win. He wanted to be that guy he was again. And he's just not that. He sucks now. I feel like he went into Kansas City thinking that the play call was going to be different. And when you look at what he was doing on the Jets, where every single play was in halfback dive, of course I can understand where he was thinking, you know, <laughs> God, I'm, I'm, I'm going to go to Kansas City with one of the best play callers in football, and, and I could revive my career like that. So I can understand where he could be upset. That being said, you keep that internal, especially when you played like butt. He played like trash. I, there was multiple games where you watched Le'Veon Bell, and it was a quarter an eighth of how he looked in in Pittsburgh. Uh, he he was not as effective on the ground, not as effective in the passing game. I don't even know if they looked his way in the passing game. What I thought, truthfully, was that you had Clyde Orzelaire, who was going to be that bruiser-type running back, and then you were going to have Le'Veon being that pass-catching type because all his career, Le'Veon was dominant in the pass-catching side of the, of the ball. That being said, you you don't make comments about a guy who who has been widely respected in the NFL for basically his entire tenure in the NFL. You have every single player that I've seen on the Chiefs right now say that they would take a bullet for Andy Reid. They love his 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 coaching style. They've fully gone uh, on board with, with his beliefs. And so to hear Le'Veon come out and say this basically after they have ran the AFC two years in a row was definitely shocking to me. And also at the same time, I just don't appreciate that, especially if your play wasn't there. If you had played, you know, even decent, then I can understand you saying something like this. But when you rush for, like Riv said, under five yards in a single game, you really don't have a right to talk about a coach's uh, coaching style really at all. So I'm not a fan of these comments. It really does sadden me because I love Le'Veon Bell. He was amazing in Pittsburgh. I respected his his decision to sit out that year because he was one of the first to really put his foot down on, on the owners trying to really get his money. But unfortunately, ended up backfiring. He goes to the Jets, was 
horrible, unfortunately. Goes to the Chiefs, was horrible again. So it's just not a good look for Le'Veon. I think Le'Veon Bell has unofficially retired because Andy Reid is one of the most respected coaches in the league. I mean, his coaching tree, Le'Veon is out of a job for nine teams already right there. Pat Shermer with the Broncos, Matt Nagy with the Bears, uh, Nick Sirianni with the Eagles, Frank Reich with the Colts. I could go on and on. John Harbaugh with the Ravens. That's crazy. Sean McDermott with the Bills. Yeah. I mean, he has an extensive coaching tree, and you bashing Andy Reid is basically you putting yourself out of a job. You know, and I think Le'Veon Bell... He's already 29. He's going to be 30 soon. We know that once a running back turns 30, they will never be the same. No team is going to pay him that money. He got his money with the Jets, and I think in hindsight it was a bad decision because the Steelers offered him five years, $70 million, I believe. He got four years, $52 million from the Jets. So he got basically the same amount of money, probably more guarantees, but he should have stayed with Pittsburgh because obviously the Jets wasn't a good fit he was a if you were trying to win. He was, a beast he was by far and away the best running back in the NFL when he was on the Steelers. Bro. It was no question. He really established that pass catch rushing. He's the, he was, he's he the was, OG yeah, he's for him. sure. Dude fell off. So on to this topic, Matt Nagy was on an interview with uh, Chris Collinsworth and said that Justin Fields won't be the week one starter. Nagy was quoted as saying this, and this was the clickbait quote. quote. He said, Andy Dalton is our starter, Justin is our number two, and we are going to stick with the plan. But the actual quote was, this was the full quote, I mean, Andy is our starter. Again, I can't predict anything. You know how it goes. There's so many things that can happen between today and week one. But Andy is our starter and Justin is our number two, and we're going to stick to this to this plan. So he didn't rule it out because he said he can't predict anything. Yep. And Twitter, everybody started bashing Matt Nagy, and they started saying, Fuck your plan. Your plan is stupid. <laughs> Everybody started bashing Matt Nagy. Uh-huh. And this is crazy because Justin Fields has not proved anything. Yes, he's talented, no doubt about it. But everybody's acting like Justin Fields is the second coming to Jesus Christ, for God's sake. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Like, I'm not saying he won't be good, but these expectations are so high, and quarterbacks don't have to play right away. You look at these quarterbacks, Josh Allen, Baker, Lamar Jackson, Mahomes, Josh Watson. played right away. No, he didn't. He didn't? No, he did not. I Are thought he sure? started. Yes. Positive? He did not. I swear. He I thought did he not. started day one. I know, I know, I know a young I young. know for a fact Mahomes didn't. I know Lamar Jackson Lamar, didn't. Lamar did not. He came in like week six because Flacco ended up getting hurt. Who else did you mention there? Baker. He started week three. Because Tyrod Taylor got Correct. hurt. Or he was playing bad, one of those. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, Josh Allen didn't start right away. He started 11 games. Not, not, yeah. Damn. I thought he started right away. Felt like it. That's your fault for taking me as a fool. <laughs> <laughs> no, but starting ahead of him? This is the thing. I think it was Matt Barkley. Was it Tyrod? No, 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 no. It was Nathan Peterman. What the? F- he sucks. Was it Tyrod? It no, was T-Mobile Tyrod. was the year before, if I'm not mistaken. Tyrod, Tyrod was T-Mobile is very fire. That is so but tough. But this, this is the thing. Like, if you don't got to start your rookie quarterback right away, don't start him. I'm let them you. sit. Let them learn the game. There is no pressure. At the end of the day, they're going to be good or they're not going to be good. We're seeing that with Tua. He threw five interceptions in camp today. You didn't have to bring that up. Yeah, we're going to talk about that on Thursday. <laughs> not today. But if you're good, you're good. 
And do I believe Justin Fields will be good? Yes. But does he need time to develop? Yes. They have good coaching staff in Matt Nagy, John Filippo, and uh, Bill Lazor. Good quarterback Ruben Dalton in Falls. He has the right tools to be successful. You don't have to rush him in, especially I was naming you guys the gruesome Chicago schedule this season. You don't want Fields' confidence to totally shatter against these teams. So I think there's no reason to start him right away. I don't know why everybody's upset by this. Let him learn. Let him sit. When he's ready, he's going to be ready. Justin Herbert, he didn't start right away, right? He didn't. He started because Tyrod Taylor got injured heart, out of nowhere. A heart murmur or something like that. He had yeah, because the, the doctor So I think it was, was it Joe Burrow was the only one who was like, all right, you have to start. Like, Yeah, they had no other quarterback. Yeah, so like in a situation where you have a guy who's experienced, he's been to the playoffs, you know, he has a lot of experience under his belt. He's had he's been to the Pro Bowl. He has experience. You know, Andy Dones, he's a he's a all right quarterback at this moment in his career. So I think if you have a chance to do that and let Justin Fields learn, and you don't have to throw him in the lines then right away. We won. I think you have a chance to do that. We've seen quarterbacks do it. I feel like even with Ryan Fitzpatrick and Tua Tua didn't get the, I feel like he still got thrown into the fire I a little agree. too early. Rushed but still, they waited. And they didn't throw him in early. Justin Herbert was going to wait. Thank God he didn't because we've seen how great he was. But he was going to wait. But then T-Mobile obviously got the little injury. But I think quarterbacks, I think this draft is we're going to see a lot of waiting. Aside from like Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson, I think Trey Lance is going to sit. We know Kellamon's going to sit. I think Mac Jones bearing any Cam Newton injury. Uh, uh, Belichick was talking high on him. I think Mac Jones is going to sit. Trey Lance is going to sit. I said that. Yeah, he said it. Repeated me. Um, the Kyle Trask guy, he's not that good, but he's obviously going to sit, you know. So I think a lot of quarterbacks are going to sit. So. Davis, Davis Mills, right whoever that is, he's yeah. going to He just had to, he had to throw that in yeah. there. I don't know who that is. <laughs> he's a quarterback for the Texans. Okay. Where, where okay. do you, you get picked at? He played at a Stanford. He got picked in the second. To who? No, he got picked in the third round to the Texans. Okay. Dope. Tyrod Taylor started. Oh, so he's starting. No, Tyrod Taylor started. Oh, T-Mobile's back. T-Mobile he's on the Texans. T-Mobile for Houston, uh-huh. Texas. Yeah. T, got it. Word. Um. Yeah, a lot of these quarterbacks are gonna sit. So I don't see Matt Nagy knows what he's doing. You know. So I I don't see a problem in it. I think Ian Book. Who's Ian Book? <laughs> <laughs> Yo, we picked up Jamie Newman. You released him already. Oh damn. Oof. Yeah. You he, told me he was like a beast, man. No, I said he has the physical tools, uh, but he's not a good football player. Uh-huh. <laughs> he's not a good thrower, but he has all the physical tools. Uh-huh. Ian Book played for Notre Dame. He was in the college football playoffs this past year. What's your expectation of him? Not 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 gonna be that good, honestly. <laughs> okay. I don't have much faith. Yeah. So yeah, I'm I'm a big supporter in letting the guy sit the year. If yeah, yeah, if, I, I agree. I think unless you like in Cincinnati, where you absolutely all right, bro. You have to like play. Yeah. From day one, you play him unless or unless you have a god like Andrew Luck or like Peyton Manning or something like that. You. You, then you. you play yeah. him. Like how dare you compare him to the seven gods of the kingdoms that rule? Yeah, this guy. You wouldn't last it. one day on the wall, bro. Yeah. Not one day. You wouldn't. They'd kill you. Yeah, bro. Nah, you're Talk gone, bro. But <laughs> if 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 Mahomes could sit a, a, basically a full season, there's no reason why Justin Justin Fields, who who was not even the, the what the, the third quarterback you. taken. Oh, you know what I mean. I'm in. Else. I'm in. No, on he, was no, he was the third. No, he was. He was the third. He was fourth. Damn. I want. Who was he? Who in front of him? Lance. Lance. Oh, Wilson. Wow. Damn, bro! Broncos folded. I mean, you in stop. hindsight, the you fact gotta stop. We, we Give it up. Him. Stop. Just go back with the topic. I don't want to hear about the Broncos. 
See, you're saying that because you know the Eagles are butt. <laughs> that being said, yes, 100%. I, I, I'm, I'm with Matt Nagy. You don't need to rush Justin Fields in, especially when a bunch of uh, scouts feel like his game needs to still be refined a bit. You bring in a guy like Dalton who could teach him the finer things of the game. So I, I'm not, I'm not too against it. Truthfully, I really support Matt Nagy on this one. Yeah, I do too, and I think everybody's overreacting, uh, talking down on Matt Nagy, but he has been to the playoffs two out of the last three years. He's been good with them so far. Let him build this team the way he wants to build it. He did not draft Trubisky, but he drafted Fields, traded up for Fields. So let Fields develop, let Fields learn, be patient, and we'll see when he plays how good he really is. I think he's the best player in the league. And now on to <laughs> the last topic in this in this episode. You were he, about to speak in Game of Thrones. That's why you stuttered just now. No, that's yes, not she right. was. No, I didn't. Yes, she was. ESPN is projecting the New York Jets to be the worst team in the NFL. <laughs> and are they right or wrong in this projection? They think they're going to have the first overall pick next season. What are your thoughts on this? I think this is buffoonery. Um, I disagree. You know, I think you guys have made an extreme adjustments to your team. I think you've bulked up your offensive line. I think you got a new quarterback. Thank God Darny Boy wasn't it. I think you've got some help on the defense. And I think there's just a lot of teams that are worse than you guys. I think we, the Philadelphia Eagles, we're worse than you guys just because of the fact that we don't have a good quarterback. In my opinion, our, our receiving core is very shaky at you're best. Sleep. And no, you're asleep. Devontae Smith? Yeah, him, but who else? Jalen Rager. Oh my God, you're still high on that. Jalen Rager's not bad. He's a I don't punt know. Bro, he's a, anyways, anyways, can I talk? Let him. Let him play a second season. And you know, Philly gets hurt a lot. And then you got you know the Lions. They're god awful. I think you guys would be a lot much, uh, way more better. Than, I think Houston with the Deshaun Watson situation. I think you guys could definitely be better than them. I don't think you guys are. Uh, uh, I think you guys are going to be in a lot of games. You're going to be in competitive games. I just don't think you're going to win a lot. But I don't think you'll be the worst team. In the NFL, especially with your new coach, new new culture, new vibe. Like, it's just new energy in the Jets arena. So, I don't see you guys being the worst. Definitely the Lions are going to be the worst. Uh, I don't hate this projection. <laughs> I personally don't believe that they're the worst. Yo, but, the- but, but I do understand it. I do understand it. They're a young squad. Uh, Zach Wilson is probably going to be shaky this this his first rookie year. Uh I do believe in the future that he'll definitely be significantly better than what he's going to do this year. Uh, I like the weapons that they have. I feel like they definitely need a stronger wide receiver one, even though I do like Corey Davis. I feel like you need another not a notch above him. Elijah Moore. Elijah Moore could be that guy. I'm with you. He, he's uh, been here you go. awesome in training camp. Listen, I'm he's not going to. Isn't he playing Jets quarterback? See, quarterbacks? That, and that's where I was going to go next. Your secondary is still spotty. You got Marcus May, but other than that, you really don't got much on the yeah, secondary Jason side. Pinnock. Listen, bud, you're not going to convince me, unfortunately. <laughs> uh, your, your defensive line. They play you guys this year, too. Yeah, they're going to get smoked, especially when we got Rodgers. He knows it. Uh, but on the defensive line, Quinn Williams, he's definitely the guy on that, that, that defensive line that really – you know, it pops out to you on a page. Carl Lawson, too. Carl Lawson, that was Sheldon a really good rankings. pickup. That's another good pickup. Uh, but your linebackers need some help. Uh, not a fan of that linebacking core. I just feel like, as a whole, the team's too young. I like the core for the future, for sure. But just going into this season, I don't hate the projection. It's. I feel like Jets fans obviously see that they're projected the worst, and they feel like that's disrespect. 
It's it's really not it's not too disrespectful. It's disrespectful because this season we're gonna be flying high, not crashing low. And the Jets made a ton of additions. Sheldon Rankins, Carl Lawson, Gerard Davis, who a lot of other teams were very high on. Former first round pick goes to the Jets. We're gonna use him right with Robert Sala. Corey Davis, Lamarcus Joyner, Vinnie Curry from the Eagles, CJ Mosley is coming back. Corey Davis, um, Tevin Coleman, Elijah Vera Tucker, Elijah Moore. I mean, we got guys. And we also drafted Michael Carter running back at North Carolina. We got guys and on top of that. Zach Wilson is going to be a star player, no doubt about it. it. He's going he's gonna to throw for over 20 touchdowns in his rookie season, no doubt about it. Because Zach Wilson is that guy, BYU, bringing him young. He knows he's a baller. Zach Wilson, to me, is the best quarterback in this draft, no doubt about it. I'm not saying that because I'm a Jets fan. I'm saying that because I understand the game. And I understand what I see in Zach Wilson. Hey, hey, let me uh, break this down for you. I'm going to shoot you your schedule real quick. Just tell me when the L. Okay. Let me just tell you this first. <laughs> Aaron Aaron Schatz from Football Outsiders projected the Jets to be the worst team in the NFL and have the first overall pick. This guy will be wrong. And he even admitted that seven teams projected to finish with the top 10 pick over the past three seasons have made the playoffs. Do I think the Jets will make the playoffs? Absolutely not. But will they be the worst team? No. The number one and number two overall pick next year will be the Lions or the Texans. It's going to be one of those. One of them will have one. One of them will have two. It's going to be between those two. Those will be the worst two teams in the NFL, the Lions and the Texans. Okay. You play the Panthers. That's a win. Week one. Yeah. Donald Boyce throwing five interceptions. Yeah, it's definitely week one. Then we got Patriots. Loss. Denver. Loss. Titans. Loss. Falcons. Win. Okay. Patriots. Loss. Bengals. Win. Colts. Loss. Bills. Loss. Dolphins. Well, win. Is that at home or away? It's at home. It's, it's, it's I'll, I'll, win. Give we'll split. I'll give we'll you a split. split. Texans. Win. Philly. It's, a, it's at you guys, though. Win. Yeah. Uh, Saints. Loss. At home. Dolphins. Back Loss. in Miami. Jaguars. Win. Bucks, loss. Bills. What week is that? End of the week. End of the year. We'll win because they'll be they'll rest the starters. So it sounds like you'll have a comfortable like you'll have a good. I, I'm predicting nah, this to nah. go. He was being generous with some of these. I'm, I'm going. I'm projecting the Jets to go six and eleven. I don't. I don't see. The, I don't think that's far fetched. It's a little too high in my opinion. Listen, I'm, I, don't, I think the Jaguars could be I worse don't mean than them. To sound disrespectful towards the Jets, I like their future. I do like their future. No, I'm screaming. This season, I'm not in. <laughs> I'm not in yet. You get if Salah's first season, give him another year to to really get the culture <laughs> the way that he wants it. I'm I'm sorry if this is upsetting you, bro, but I'm being I'm being real. <laughs> no, this I'm telling you, the Jets are going to surprise people. Oh, Zach listen, Wilson specifically. I'm not I'm not sleeping on Zach Wilson. I I do believe he is built like that. He is a future superstar in this league. I just don't think it's right away. You saw it with Josh Allen. You saw it with, well, Baker Mayfield's actually the opposite, where he was amazing, then he was kind of butt, then he was good again. Uh, I would say I would say Lamar was pretty solid his rookie year. I'm trying to think of, of rookies that were kind of mediocre their rookie year. I guess Goff was kind Josh of Josh Allen. Well, that's the first name I said. Uh, Carson <laughs> Carson Wentz. I mean, I guess he was kind of he I, was average. Yeah, right. Yeah, he was average, very average. Tua was terrible. We'll see what happens this year, but. That's besides the point. Well, I I do believe I do believe in 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 this Jets team in the future. I just don't I don't think that it's that that far fetched. Not really. They're too young to really make some noise. 
I think it is. I think Aaron Schatz is going to eat his words. Okay. Mm. I think you will eat your words. I might. I might. And I'd be willing to shake your hand and say I was wrong. And you will become a believer in the light God. <laughs> <laughs> you said you said a few wins there. Jaguars are going to be better than you guys this year. You think I don't, so? I, don't I think do so. think so. It's debatable. It's definitely the Jaguars debatable. had a better offseason than you guys did. And we've spoken about that. They also have a rookie Slightly. QB, though. Just like them. I agree. But I feel like they did a lot more... To hone in on Trevor being the future. I got to see the schedule. Fair enough. I just feel like that game in particular. They're definitely going to be better than the Lions in Houston. And the Falcons, too. You gave them a W. That was generous. I don't think it is. I mean, the Falcons have a head coach right now who was a great offensive mind when he had a great running game. Mm -hmm. The Falcons will not have a great running game because they don't have an offensive line. Okay. They're going to be pass heavy. Their their defense is still not going to be good. They're going to throw it to Ridley every play. So, did you think the Panthers offensive line? I have a point here. Did you think the Panthers offensive line last year was good? It wasn't. Mike Davis, same situation, comes to the Falcons. Their offensive line's really not that good. I have faith in. I, I'm not saying he's going to be a top ten running back. I just think he'll be comp. Uh, he'll be comp okay. 10. Yeah, for he'll sure. be okay. And especially when you pair it with Julio's gone, you got you got Pitts, Ridley, you Pitts. got Ridley. I mean, That's it. opens up the run game for you. I mean, I think team. slightly, but I I really don't have much faith in in the Falcons doing much. I feel like their offense though last season. I feel like we're going off topic without I mean, Julio really, though. Agreed, but Kyle Pitts is obviously a, a poor man's Julio Jones, similar build. There's no reason why he can't put up superstar numbers. Not no, he will. He will. Uh, I just feel like last year Atlanta's problem wasn't offense; it was defense, and I just think that and if, they did if, nothing if, to if, fix that. Agreed, uh, but when they're playing you guys. Is that really going to be that much of an issue? We're going to find out. It's not, but we play them in London. Okay. So they don't even have home field advantage. Oh, it's in London? Yeah. yeah. Dope. That's pretty lit. Dope. Okay. So this is going to do Liverpool? it for this episode of the Pick Aside Podcast. Yes, this was episode 92. Right now, the Nets and Bucks game is going on, so I'm going to make this quick. You can follow us on Instagram and TikTok at Pick Aside Podcast, on Twitter at Pick Aside Pod. And if you guys want to, you also could review our, our podcast on Apple Podcasts. And raise our rating up because that's how these ratings go. You know, fuck ratings. <laughs> <laughs> fuck rankings. That's what Dame once told me and Steph Curry. So thanks for watching, guys. Thanks for listening. And we'll see you guys next time.